Ta-da! Welcome everyone to Loaded Mag NUFC. Um, as you can see, I'm on my lonesome for now. Um, uh, the main man should be joining us at some point during the show. But uh, welcome everyone uh, to Loaded Mag NUFC away days, the final one before the World Cup. Um, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I I do not want this Premier League season to stop right now. Uh, I want the ball to keep rolling. And, of course, we kept rolling uh, last night. Um, a fantastic, um, or was it a fantastic uh, victory against Palace on penalties? Um, it was certainly fantastic for this man um, who was um, outstanding in his penalty shootout. And uh, Nick Pope was certainly the main man um, uh, who stole the show with regards to that. But um, one or two interesting facts that went round, um, that was the allocation of the Palace fans. Um, lots of Newcastle fans were really, really disappointed with that allocation. Um, I'm sure D from Back of the Nest won't be happy with that allocation um, of, of Palace fans on a Wednesday evening to support their team in the Cup. But um, that certainly didn't go down well. But we're in the hat. And tonight is the draw for the next round of the Carabao Cup. So after the game, Man United, Villa, check it out. And what you'll find is, is that there's not a lot of London teams left in there. Charlton are flying the flag for London, which is a, a surprising one. So it could well, or very unlikely be a trip to London anytime soon. Um, in the Carabao Cup. But let's see what we get drawn. But we're in the hat and that's all that matters um, for Newcastle. But absolutely buzzing uh, to be in the Cup and it gives us a chance to potentially fight for a trophy this season, which I think, let's face it, we all want more than anything. Um, great to have so many in the chat already. Um, Paul Gallant's in there. We've got the mods in, in the house. Jano, um, Simon Rudd, uh, Lisa, uh, flying the flag as always. Great to have you in there and showing your support. We've got Jamie. Uh, Jamie, don't worry, we are live. You don't need to fall asleep. I know you've been up since four in the morning. Um, great to have you in there. And of course, um, our new sponsor, uh, Russ, is in the house. Welcome, uh, along with many others. And look, get your questions in for our guest. And our guest is just waiting. He's waiting to come on. And I'm uh, really pleased to have him on with us tonight, that's for sure. And we've got another guest that's just having some technical issues that will come and join us uh, a little bit later on in the show. But we're going to preview the Chelsea game, as always. A massive, massive game. Um, it's going to be an interesting one. St. James's Park, under the lights, 5.30 kickoff. You know, are we in a position to really go for it? Are we in a position where we're favourites? I don't know what you think. Get your points in the chat um, and I'll get them up in just a second. But as always, we always, 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 uh, when we're previewing the game, we love the opposition's point of view. And it's absolutely a pleasure to have Carefree Lewis G, um, also part of Chelsea Fans TV, come and join us. So let's get him in now. How are you doing, Lewis? How's things? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. As you guys already said earlier, out of the cup. Probably out of the title race. And, yeah, I am not looking forward to Saturday at all. But I appreciate you having me on. Big up everyone in the comments. And, yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into it. 
Let's do it. Let's do it. And uh, some questions are already filtering through, which we'll we'll come to in a second. But look, you know, you touched on it. You know, let's touch on it really, really, really briefly. Um, last night, obviously, we talked about us beating Palace on penalties. You went to the Etihad, um, and obviously, you got knocked out at the cup. You know, you were there, weren't you? Were you, were you there at the game? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, how 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 was it from a fan's point of view in the stadium? Was it as bad as what some made out it was? Um, in terms of the performance, our B team might have played better than our A team has done in about a month, really. That's probably the most optimistic I've come out of a Chelsea game since we beat AC Milan at the San Siro. I mean that. I don't care if we've won other games. That's probably been one of our better performances. City are better than us, better than everybody in the league, in my opinion. Even their B team, the way they move the ball, the passing lanes, the um, way they build up their play and their attacking lanes and everything like that, it's second to none. And even if it is a rotated side, you could see the golfing class between the two teams. And I'm not too, I'm not annoyed at the result, really. I think the finishing. Could be better, but it never is good. I think we have one of the worst attacks in the league, even with rotation. And we just can't finish our dinner to save our lives. But in terms of the overall performance, I thought a lot of fringe players really showed themselves. And debatably, you could probably throw that same team out on Saturday and I'd have more confidence in our starting eleven. But that's just the state of where we are right now. Interesting, interesting. Any, any, any look, we'll, we'll get into kind of starting 11s and various other things as we move along, but are there any that you would suggest would be vying for a place in the starting lineup on Saturday after their performance at the Etihad? Um, Pulisic, like he looked all right. I think he was good on the ball. Decision making needs to be a bit better, but with more game time, I think he'd be a bit quicker on the ball. Um, Lewis Hall looked unbelievable, but I'd still put Cucurella in there. I just think that's our number right. two sorted. Um, Broja, because all of our attack, all of our strikers are so bad. It's like you might as well give Broja a run out. At least he gives you the physical edge. At least the last questions of defenders. Um, other than that, Zakaria as well. Zakaria too. I think that would just be it from all the starters. But in terms of the attack, like nobody deserves a spot. You could put anybody in there. Uh, interesting. Now, look, we, we, we've we've had a chat and we've spoken on on the twelfth man uh, when we've been on with Dan, and like you've been mm. so pessimistic about Chelsea um, and their performances. But uh, just before we get into that, then you know you've had already a significant. Um, incident within the se- in, in the season already because you know you started the season with Thomas Tuchel um, oh, as, as manager um, and uh, he's left um, through various different media speculations, fallout with the owner, various other things, and now you plucked out Graham Potter from um, from Brighton, and on the back of that, there, there, there was a. You know, there's a there's a question here from from our sponsor Simon, and he's put, "How do you rate um, Graham Potter's time at Chelsea so far?" So, what what are your thoughts? Um, I think Potter's done the best he could do. Right. Like the problem to me was never the manager. If you ask me, would I get rid of Potter now and bring Tuchel back? Yes, but that's no slight on Potter. I just think Tuchel got treated really unfairly by the ownership. 
But even in spite of that, like, I don't really have any bad feelings towards them either. I get it. I just don't think it was right the way they did it. In terms of Potter, though, there's been questionable lineups. There's been questionable decisions in game every now and then. And I think it's fair to criticise those moments. But in terms of the manager, is he the man to take Chelsea forward? I think a lot of fans are just bitter over the way Tuchel was treated. And I understand it, but Tuchel ain't here anymore. And we need to move on. Like, we're Chelsea. Personally, like, I've seen heartbreak before. We sacked Jose Mourinho in very similar circumstances after the first group stage in the Champions League in 2008. We did the same thing again in 2015. We sacked Ancelotti in the tunnel. We We sacked Sari, Conte, all these managers. We've seen heartbreak before. I'm not going to keep crying over Tuchel. Like, it's happened and we have to move on from it. The problem is the same thing that both those managers are dealing with, the players. Our squad is just not good enough. Our squad needs a massive rebuild. Even with Tuchel, it needed a massive rebuild. We said this early on the video that you'll see on Chelsea Fan TV later. Um, 70, 80% of the squad needs to be removed. And we need to just start again and rebuild. And Potter deserves the time to build his squad. To build his squad, and I'm not gonna really judge him until then, unless Potter has us in 15 for 16 for something crazy like that. And I don't really expect that. We need to overhaul the attack. We've got a declining and aging midfield with no creativity in either front. Our defense is a bit more leaky because there's not an understanding, and I'll give the defense time on that. I think they're all quality. The goalkeepers, we don't have faith in either of them. So why am I expecting Potter to do a magic to do magic with us? Mm. Why am I expecting him to get us into the top four? Why am I expecting us to win the Champions League or anything like that? It's not happening. It's not happening at all. So this season, it's just a write-off, really. Maybe go win the FA Cup if we can. That would look nice. If we finish top four, fair play, Potter. Fair play, because I have no faith in that right now. But this season's just a write-off to me. We don't have to finish in the top four for everything to be okay and perfect. Because to me, finishing in the top four might even make the squad look better than what they really are when we really need an overhaul and we need to just do it now. Being in the Champions League as well, you could say you need it to attract the best players. Yeah. What have we attracted in the last five years? Well, players aren't good enough. So to me, it's like, I don't mind whether we finish top four or top seven. I want the standards to remain the same and I would demand it in a season. But I have no belief in this squad that they could reach those standards. So for Potter, he's done the best that he can. The players are the problem for me. You're absolutely I think I think you made a really good point in that, you know, they it can't all be put on Potter because there was issues there before he even came into the club, like like mm. you've said. And there's and there's things that need to be changing there. And to be fair, some of the some of the questions that are coming in kind of fit into that. So Russ has said, um, does Lewis think that um, there has to be maybe a rebuild a bit regarding Potter's appointment and maybe wanting his own players? You know, does he need to be getting his own players in and making his own stamp? on the club. Um, you've touched on certain players wanting to leave. Lisa's also put, um, question for Lewis, do you think Potter will be given a chance to bed in and make the changes needed? Will he be given time? So two interesting questions there for you. Um, 
for this one, I would be very surprised if he didn't get given the time. I think Potter's on like a five-year contract or something like that. And Tuchel was going to be back the same way, but they fell out um, during the transfer window just because of poor communication. I think they had differing beliefs on where they wanted Chelsea to go. It is what it is. But new owners also have a habit of just bringing in their new managers. Like we saw with Chelsea before, Abramovich came in. He gave Ranieri a year, but he was still bringing in a new manager. So I'm not too surprised with that. But if they were to do anything rash with Potter, I think it would be suicidal from them personally because Tuchel looked like the best manager that we've ever had since Prime Mourinho. The amount of games that I saw where he coached victories and our players were just so brain dead that they just killed it off every single time. Like, if you sack Potter... It just shows player power is still in control of the club. It shows that the owners don't really have a clue because we've been talking about a long-term project and backing a manager for the first time in ages. You don't sack a manager of Tuchel's quality just to get rid of another manager with, with under a year. I think Potter has to be given at least two years as a bare minimum to build a squad in his image. And you would also have to see vast improvements in that squad too. Like, if we don't improve within a year, maybe I'd understand it. But, like, we'd have to be in a very bad position to do it. But Potter will definitely be given the time. I would be very, very surprised if we didn't. What was the other question? And the other question was right next to it. I'll just bring it up right now. You said, um, do, you think that they, um, do you think that they have to maybe rebuild um, a bit regarding Potter's appointment? Um, and maybe wanting his own player. So again, it, it, is it is it very similar in terms of do, will he, does he need to rebuild in terms of signing players and, and moving players out? Now, on our preview on Chelsea Fans TV that we just did before we came on there here, you said that there needed to be a rebuild and there were certain players that needed to leave. I don't know if you want to expand on that a little bit. Yeah, like, um, it's more not even who leaves, it's who stays. For yeah. me... Reese James, give him whatever he wants. We've already got him on a seven-year deal. That's like the only player that I'm 100% like has to stay. Um, Kovacic, he's up there, but I think he's questioning his future, so we can't even really guarantee him. The, the new signings, I'd give, a, I'd give the season to at least see how they bed into the squad and the impact that they have before I make a full judgment. Silver, if he wants to stay for another year, I'd do that. Even as rotation, I think he'd offer a lot in the dressing room. And he's still such an unbelievable defender, even if he is slowing down a little bit. I think you just need to manage his minutes well. Other than that, anybody wants to leave, you can go. You can go. The whole midfield needs revamping. Kante and Jorginho aren't agreeing on contract terms. They both want way more money than what the club's willing to offer. I wouldn't mind Jorginho as a bench option. Kante, I also wouldn't mind, but he's so injury prone. And for the length of contract that he wants, the terms that he wants, I would rather we just let Kante leave and go to another club and retire peacefully because it's pointless keeping him here. Um, Wingbacks, Cucurella I'd keep. Chilwell depends on the injuries, but yeah. like I think he's good depth. And I think he's been harshly treated this season for someone who's still coming back from an ACL. Um, the defense, I wouldn't get rid of anybody personally. I think they're all doing a great job. 
even the likes of Koulibaly, they look a bit suspect right now. But I think that's just an adaptation to a different league. Okay. The attack, they could all go. Everyone except Sterling. I'd keep Brozier. He looks like such a good talent. I'd start him even more over the attacks, the attackers that we have. What about Mount- this? Guy? What about this guy? Abamian? I don't. I don't mind Abamyang. Like I think he's been treated not treated poorly. I think people have come in and expected him to just make goals for himself, and Abamyang ain't that guy. Like he's got better link-up play than I think people give him credit for, but he he's more just a poacher. He's a player that you feed and he scores. And our creators are so bad. Mm. Like Mason Mount's creativity from open play is probably the most overrated in the league. It's not good enough at all. Overhits everything. Um, Kai Havertz, at least Mount shows some creativity. Havertz doesn't show a single thing. And the sooner he leaves, the better, personally. I genuinely think this is one of the worst signings we've ever made in recent history. Um, Ziyech wants to go. You can leave. That's fine. I think he's just been put in the wrong system, so I'm not even too fussed about it with him. Pulisic never gets given a fair chance, so I can't really make a full judgment on him. But if he wanted to leave, he could. We we were linked with him. like We were heavily linked with him. There there was talk that we could potentially get him on loan in the summer. It didn't materialise because Chelsea didn't want to release him. I think Chelsea didn't want to release him um, as a club because of the ownership and the connection they have, the American ownership and the connection Mm. they have. But I think Tuchel wanted him to go and wasn't going to give him chances. What is Pulisic like as a player? Would would he be a player that you think would benefit Newcastle and would improve Newcastle? I don't even know because we just don't give him a fair opportunity. And this is my problem. Like, there's a lot of criticism towards Pulisic. Mm. And I get you want to see him come on and have impact and stuff like that, but... When there was a problem in the summer where all of our forwards wanted to leave, the likes of Pulisic and Ziyech, I understood. When it was Werner, I was like, go, just leave, please, just leave. Cho needed to go on loan. He's been overdue alone for years. And when it's the likes of Pulisic and Ziyech, yeah, they're demotivated. Yeah, they want to leave the club. I do not blame them. Because if I was sitting there as a first-team player on the bench every week, watching Mount and Havertz stink up the pitch for 90 minutes every week, and then he only comes on and gets 10, 15 minutes at the end, I wouldn't be motivated either. I wouldn't care because what if I score? I'm still going to be on the bench next week. If I do nothing, I'm still going to be on the bench next week. Pulisic has been well overdue, just a consistent run of games. And that's when we can judge him because before that, he's been just in and out with injuries. And before, like, he makes chances. I think he's still our highest chance creator per 90 out of all of our attackers, despite all of his limited game time. And we've seen what he's like at his best when he's at full confidence. That um, project restart Pulisic I've seen genuinely looked like the second reincarnation of Hazard. And I believe there is a quality player in there. I'm not going to say I put my house on it, but I believe there's a quality player in there. He just doesn't get given the opportunities. And to me, at least, it's like, at least over Havertz. He's our worst forward and he plays every game. And Pulisic, at the very least, deserves a start over him, over the likes of Mount. Even Sterling. Sterling hasn't been good enough since Potter joined. And Pulisic still barely gets starts. So I think he'd be a good player for you guys. 
I think he's slept on a lot, but he's even slept on by our own management. So I can't prop him too much. No, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And we're interested in it. We were interested in it. I still think there might even be a slight interest in there going into January, but there's an array of attacking midfielders now that I think we're we're looking at quite closely. Um, so I think it's going to be it's going to be an interesting one. That, that's for sure. But um, look, I want to look at I want to look at the game um, in, in a little bit of detail. You know, from the conversations we've had, you're not confident about this game at St James's Park going into Saturday. Tell us why you're not confident about the game Saturday. Because we're crap. <laughs> if I just put into three words, that's it. You guys are unbelievable. You guys have been tearing teams apart. I've, you're unbeaten at home, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, this season. Yeah, but the only game we've lost is that 98th minute, last minute winner at Anfield, which should never have been because the game That's your only lost this before. season. It's the only loss this season. That's it. Never lost. Bro, we are not winning this game. We are not winning this game. You lot have, we said it on the last video as well, you have grown way faster than I expected you lot to. I thought you would be maybe top seven competitors. And I still think that's probably still your target. I think you like will still want to grow up a little bit slowly because if you aim for top four and you get sixth or seventh, I don't think you'd be annoyed with that either. But in terms of squad, you've been unbelievable this season. You guys are 100% top four contenders. We don't look like a top four side. We barely look like a top six side right now. Our record at St. James's Park wasn't even good when we were good, let, let alone now. Yeah, And I, I don't know where we get a win from. Like, maybe we get a penalty and then just sit deep for 70 minutes or something. I don't know. But I don't see any realistic way that we get a win because you guys are going to press us for 90 minutes and... Our midfield gets absolutely dunked on in transition. Our defence is making mistakes, at least one or two a game. And as soon as we get the ball forward, our attack is so pants, they just give the ball away immediately afterwards. I'm not confident. I'm I'm only going up for the night out. Maybe we get a draw or something. I, I'm not there for the game. Like That's just customary. Go there, deal with it for two hours and leave. But I have zero confidence. If you don't even draw... I'd be disappointed as a Newcastle fan because we're not good. Yeah, well, look, we talked about this on the 12th man and a lot of people thought like, uh, well, I say a lot of people, Lawless, thought that you were you were trying to heat the pressure on Newcastle. But I can nope. tell by what you're saying, you, you genuinely feel this. You genuinely feel that Newcastle are there um, and, and, we, and we're going into this game as favourites. And look, I imagine so many in the chat will probably feel the same. You know, St. James's Park is I a I feel like I've given them a lot more confidence too. And you know what? Big up you guys, because you lot absolutely deserve it. I said at the start of the season, I didn't have faith in this squad. I thought top four, if we even get that, fair enough. Just rebuild and move on. Now, I'm not even expecting that. I don't think we're better than Newcastle. I don't think we're better than United right now. Especially not better than Arsenal and City. Right now, the only big six club that we're coming close to is Liverpool and they're two points behind us and they've been so bad this season there's no faith man and I want to be the guy who has faith in my squad but I've gone into the I'm at the point where it's just I'm just gonna say we can win just because I want I can say it and that's it I've got no belief 
no, that, that that's fair enough. Look, from, from from our point of view, like I said, we 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 are a fortress right now, and um, we are really making it hard for teams to um, teams to, to to get anything, get a shot on goal, let alone a score a goal, let alone win a game. And I, I just think that going into this game, you know, the game before the World Cup under the lights at St James's Park, we're really gonna kind of um, we're really gonna go for it. And we're really going to kind of try and make our mark and stamp our authority on the game. So it's going to be an interesting one. And just before I just come to the tactics, I want to I want to be able to talk tactics with you. I don't know how long you've got with us. And I, I'll go I, about 10, 10, 15, 10, 15. That's OK, I mean. perfect. So what, what I'll do, I, we'll, we'll, um, we'll, we'll come to a couple of questions. There's a couple of quick fire questions um, that I'll fire at you. Um, and then we'll, we'll go to the tactics board and have a look. Um yeah, a question from JKG um, says, question for the Chelsea Chelsea lad, Lewis. Um, would they rather Howe or Potter? Now, obviously, Howe has been on fire for us this season and had a really good season, um, a good year, should I say, uh, for Newcastle. Are you still happy with Potter at the moment or would you take Howe if you had the choice? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I'd, I'd still stick with Potter. I think it's way too early to judge him. Yeah. I think... Um, what's that sound? I think um, Eddie Howe's still done a brilliant job for you guys, and it's no slander on his name or anything like that. But I still think Potter's a great choice. Like Potter is still the manager I would have gone for if Tuchel had been sacked. He would have been one of my top three. So I don't really look at him in a bad light. I just think he's been thrown straight to the wolves. You do this big of a turnaround, either end of last season or the end of this season. And even Brighton would look at it from a better perspective if they did that. It's just all been massively rushed, which is why I don't blame him for the mess we're in. No, I, I think that's a. I think that's more than fair um, in in your assessment of uh, of Potter and, and how. I think obviously, of course, from a Newcastle perspective, we would want how because of the job that he's done. I'm a massive fan of how. Respect everything that he's done at the club. Um, so yeah, I, I would go with that 100. Um, percent I think we've touched on this already. Simon said, how do you rate Potter's time at Chelsea so far? Um, you obviously, you, I think you refer to it as being a, a bit of a mixed bag. Um, mixed bag, but not his fault. Not his no, fault. exactly. I think that's that, that's more than um, uh, more than kind of respectful with regards to that. Uh, it's got Louis... <laughs> Russ has put his Lewis scared for, for this weekend. I think you've already touched no, on No, not scared, well. accepted. I have accepted it. So when, when we get battered, I ain't going to be too pissed about it. Okay. Fair enough. We'll, uh, uh, we'll definitely get that reaction and, and get Lewis on or I'll jump on your channel, Lewis, and we'll talk definitely, about it. Definitely. Um, interesting one from Gary. He's put... Um, Gary's put what's Lewis's thoughts on Newcastle joining the big boys obviously you've given us a lot of praise and respect and we appreciate that with regards to Newcastle and how they've done that season but what are your thoughts of Newcastle with our new ownership now potentially joining what was a top six and potentially making it a top seven um, in terms of challenging you boys for those top positions what are your thoughts about that as a Chelsea fan um I like it like, it's always good to have more variety in the league. Like, just someone to stop City, for goodness sake, because they ain't going to be us right now. Um, yeah, like, I, I've wanted to see Newcastle be saved from Mike Ashley for a while. I can't lie. I, I like the club. I like 
the I say the ground when even when you guys were under the Maikashi era, when you guys were uh, were winning or when you guys were in a good position, it was still a fortress. It was still very loud. I remember the first time I went there was when you lot beat us three 0 on the last day. Unbelievable atmosphere. So I've always wanted to see Newcastle do well. So even now, if they're top six, if they're probably going to be way better than us in the next few years. It is what it is, and I like the competition too. That's just what the Premier League is all about. It, it it does feel a bit weird that we've gone from being the oil money club to now you guys the oil money club, but that's also why I don't really see it like, oh, you just bought all your success. We're like the OGs at it. I just kind of wish we still had our old guy, but we move. It is what it is. Nah, fair play. Fair play. Um, look, uh, I think there's maybe one other question that's come in. Um with regards to hold on one second uh, I think there was another question I can't see it right now but I'll come back to it because I've started um, but at this point now what I'm going to do I'm going to get the tactics board up because I want you to have a look um, yeah. I asked um, Nick who's from That Chelsea Podcast he's having some problems with his um, with his laptop so he's struggling to get on right now but what he did he gave me a predicted 11 so I'll put it on the screen right now. Um, would you change any of that starting 11? I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you can see it. Um, oh. what, what do you think about that? What do you think about that um, That 11 that you put out there? Does that seem about right in what you think could be out there on, 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 on Saturday evening? Um, to, to be fair, Asby didn't start the, the last game, so I could see him start there. Um... What would you change? So I'd take Havertz off first and foremost. Okay, um, who would you put in? Loftus Cheek? Nah, not even Ruben. I'm thinking because is is it the lineup I want or the one I think Potter's gonna play? Um, the maybe the one that think you think Potter's gonna play. Ah, oh, okay. Well, okay. Um, okay, that might be a very that might be the correct lineup then. Yeah, this is just not what I would do, but I think that's what that's the lineup you'd probably see. Um, Kula Bali played the full 90, so he probably would be benched. Would we not do a back? Nah, midfield would get torn apart. Kovacic, Jorginho, Havertz in the. Oh, that midfield is atrocious. Um. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, just, just for my own sanity, I'd take Havertz out, put Zakaria in and move Kovacic further forward. Just for my own sanity. So, um, what'd you say? Kovacic further forward, Havertz out? Havertz out and Zakaria. Okay. All right. Yeah, that would be what I would do. Um. Yeah, yeah, that... It'd be either Mount or Havertz on the right. Um, it's just not a good enough lineup in general. But yeah, I, I think that's what I would do. That's what I would do. Okay, so now we've got your lineup rather than what you think maybe Potter might put together. Where do you think? And look, we've obviously talked about the game at Saint James's Park. Where do you think you could win the game? on Saturday, in terms of, you know, where are your areas where you could hurt Newcastle potentially? All depends on our creativity, and we're just so devoid of it that I can't even try and talk that into existence. Like, there's so many games where 
it was all changed with just a bit more creativity. Like the Arsenal game. Havertz makes a very easy cutback in the first 10 minutes. We're 1-0 up. Because I, I would be so shocked if Aubameyang misses that chance. That doesn't happen. We get battered for 90 minutes and lose. Even 1-0, to be honest, is a bit gracious for us. It should have been about 3 or 4. Um, Maybe in midfield, but I, I don't see that. Maybe in transition, maybe that might be something that that we could do well with. But again, we have to take our chances. Set pieces we suck at defensively and offensively. I think one of the worst teams in the league in terms of XG. So can't even rely on that. Jorginho penalty or transition. That's it. Jorginho okay. penalty or transit. Other than that, we're done out. All right, interesting. Okay, so it is a very defensive lineup. Looking at your Chelsea team, you know, there's Zakaria, uh, Jorginho, um, Kovacic. It is a quite a defensive lineup. You are kind of expecting um, the likes of Aubameyang and Sterling to kind of win you the game with Mount potentially getting himself forward. Um, it's going to be really interesting, particularly if he picks that lineup. If he does have Havertz, Havertz scored the winning goal against us um, at, at Stamford Bridge last time. Oh, really. yeah, his fans have just been living off that ever since. Yes, honestly, like, we, we were we were absolutely distraught. Dan Byrne had a, an amazing game um, the last time. Um, and it was only that one thing where it just went over his head. He managed to get in. Great touch, great finish, fair play to him. But um, other than that, Dan Byrne kind of had him in his pocket for the vast majority of that game. It was really, really, really unlucky. So I think Havertz being in there could be a potential danger for Newcastle purely for that reason. But from my perspective, from a Newcastle perspective, this is the team that I've gone for. Um, and not a lot's changed in terms of the team that we normally put out. Um, it's normally, um, you know, the likes of, well, Burns been playing at left-back for quite a while. Botman and Shaw are clearly the centre-back pair in Trippier, in Pope in goal. Um, I've gone with Longstaff in there because he's played so well. He's man of the match against Southampton. Um, the only real change there is Joe Linton. Uh, I've gone with Joe Linton on the left. Um, uh, some may question why I've not gone with ASM. Uh, may question. Oh, actually, yeah, that's surprising. I... I I don't know whether people in the chat agree with this, um, but for the bits that I've watched um, uh, at, the, at, the, uh, at the weekend, I'm sorry, not the weekend, last night, um, but certainly even against Southampton at the weekend as well, um, ASM, he doesn't look fit. He, do, he, he doesn't look fit at this moment in time. And so for me, I, I think he needs to bed himself into the game and play minutes off the bench. I don't think he's ready to start. Not in the magnitude of this type of game, in my opinion. So I just believe, from my perspective, that he needs um, that, that he needs time to build his fitness back up. You know, there is hope. There is hope. Yes, yeah, yeah, hope definitely. Jordy um, <laughs> like, um, Two for Life is um, is said. Uh, and I agree with him. Uh, ASM is still rusty. He is. Um, he's just not back to that fitness yet. Lisa Mould in the chat just said he's just not. Uh, ASM is just not back to form. Um, you sure, you uh, wouldn't fancy him against Asby though. 
Because I, can't, I, I, as for, I love him, but he's he's respectfully so finished. You know what? I I, I would. I 100% agree with that. I do think he could get the better of him. Um, Gary Milligan's just put, for me, ASM's not up to speed. I don't believe he's up to speed yet. But if you... I think I I think um, Appy is, is is a good defensive player, but I think the speed he really struggles with the speed and the power it plays mm-hmm. run at him with. I think if you had ASM at sixty five seventy minutes coming on for either Willow oh, and, right. and, and 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 putting it there, and at sixty seventy minutes coming on fresh as a daisy, potentially with the opportunity to win as the game or solidify the game and go in happy at that point, I think that's the key to Newcastle potentially winning the game. Because I think under the lights... You might James not be like 2-0 up by then. It won't even be necessary, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Be bullying at that point. Maybe. And, I, and you know what? You know what, Lewis? I hope you're right. I hope you're right. But I just think at that point, it's the best, way, best time to bring him onto the pitch at 60, 70 minutes. But for me... I'd be I'd be putting Joe Linton there, Willick in midfield, who was brilliant there. Um, Willick can also play on the left, and Willick's got the pace to really go happy as well. Um, but Joe Linton scored there against Aston Villa, and played well in that position. I think he'll stay there. But what you'll find maybe in the game is that Joe Linton and Willick will interchange. So you'll see them like this at times in the game, and then you'll see Joe Linton pop back out into this position and will it fill in there? Because they, they are very interchangeable in terms of um, where they play uh, in those positions. So it's an interesting one. I do believe, though, that this side is where we can potentially win the game. The pace and the power of these two boys coming down this side. Can Mount do the job coming in here to look after things? Can Kovacic manage this area here to manage these guys this side? Um, I, I do think that this game could potentially be won because I think Chelsea will be focused so much on Almiron and stopping him that they might not focus too much on this area. Um, and we might see some joy coming from here. Um, but that's just my kind of opinion on it. You've obviously got Bruno in that midfield that will look to dictate the play, look to get on the ball and, and, and get forward and press, certainly as a number eight. Wilson, can he occupy Chalibur? And Silver at the back here, um, he's on form right now. Obviously, just been picked up, which is a, an amazing achievement for him, considering his injury record recently. Um, we've got players that can really hurt Chelsea, and um, that's where I'm looking at potentially that left hand side that could win the game with the likes of Wilson getting in on the in on the act. So that's kind of where I see that situation w- w- with Chelsea. It's going to be an interesting one. Um, and obviously, you've given us your perspective, Lewis, um, on on the Chelsea lineup. So that's going to be one certainly to to keep an eye on from this point. But look, just before you go, Lewis, um, I, I want to get this man in uh, because um, I think it's time for some stats. Lewis. 
Big up, my guy. Hope you're good. Great to have you on, Keith. Absolute pleasure as always. And the intro to match as well. Um, I hope you've been well. How's your week? Yeah, yeah, spot on, spot on. Um, bit nervy last night, like, but uh, you know, we came through the storm, should we say? Yeah. Definitely, definitely. So before uh, we, uh, we we let Lewis go, um, I know the Chelsea, um, uh, the Chelsea, that Chelsea podcast are just trying to get on now with regards to their technical issues. But um, just before we let Lewis go, just run through some stats for us uh, with regards to the game, and then we'll get Lewis's prediction before yeah. he heads out. No problem. Uh, yeah, I've got loads of stats here. Some head-to-head stats, um, some uh, um, stats on the managers, the players, and some stats, um, general stats. Get ready, strapped in, Peter, because it's going to be bumpy, this. Um, oh, yeah. Newcastle's all-time record against Chelsea in this fixture. Played each other 171 times. Won 54, drawn 39, lost 78, so... Slightly more in favour there for Chelsea, definitely. Head-to-head record in the Premier League. Played 54, won 13, drawn 12 and lost 29. So again, more in favour of Chelsea there. But the head-to-head at St. James's, Mm. played 27, won 12, drawn 6 and lost 9. So there's an advantage there to Newcastle. Chelsea have scored more goals in this fixture as well. 83 goals compared to 47 for Newcastle. In the we ain't adding However, to that. Don't worry. We ain't adding to that. Been a, been a couple of, I think there's been a couple of hammerings in there. Um, however, Newcastle have got more goals in this fixture at St. James's. Slight advantage, 34 goals compared to 31 to Chelsea. But Chelsea have got the better defensive record in the fixture in the Premier League as well. 26 clean sheets compared to 10 for Newcastle. Um Newcastle as well, in recent years, not a good record in this fixture. Uh, only won two out of 14 against Chelsea. Two wins, one drawn, 11 defeats. Um, Newcastle are winless in the last four against Chelsea as well over the last couple of seasons, losing four in a row. Um, and they've also lost three of the last four at St. James's, so there's some records to put right there. Um, moving mm-hmm. on to the managers, um, Eddie Howe, his record is... Again, in games against Chelsea, um, 13, he's won four, he's drawn one, and he's lost eight. So he's gotten an average of a point a game against Chelsea. And Graham Potter's record against Newcastle United in games is managed seven, he's won two, drawn four, and lost one. Slightly better point average there than anyhow. Um, Callum Wilson's got one and eight, the England international now. Um, and... Raheem Sterling's the top scorer for Chelsea this season so far with five goals. Um, And he's also got a really good record against Newcastle when he's played for Man City. Nine goals in 18 games against Newcastle. And also Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has a great goal-scoring record against Newcastle. The man that should have played for Newcastle, he likes them so much. He's scored all these goals. He's, He's scored six in nine when he was at Arsenal against Newcastle, and he's also assisted three uh, goals as well against Newcastle, which is his best record against any side in English football. That's mad. Wait, was Aubameyang linked with you guys? Yeah, before he, before he went to Arsenal, um, from uh, well, before he went to Dortmund, from San Etienne. Uh, oh. we, we, we were willing to pay, I think we were willing to pay 12, 13 million for him 
but Dortmund were willing to pay 17, uh, 17, 18. Yeah, so I get Dortmund at the time, Newcastle at the time. Okay. Mike Ashley refused to up the bid, but he was happy to play for it. He, he wanted to come to us. He oh. ended up going to Dortmund, and obviously his career uh, kicked off from there. Which Mike is... Ashley, bro, virus, man, absolutely. Honestly, one, of, one, one of those great what-if moments, and he could have been another Wayne Allen, we could have at least got a season out of him. Mm-hmm. Mm. You could have got like 40, 50 million off him with the right season. Oh, definitely. Definitely. It's a absolute mm, madness. That is but, a madness. I didn't even know that. No, it's it's crazy. <laughs> Honestly, absolutely crazy. But look, um, Keith, um, uh, fantastic stats as always. Uh, you I'm always. I'm only halfway through, Pete. Oh, well, go, yeah, yeah. Nice little half time there. Um, <laughs> Goalkeepers, Nick Pope's got six clean sheets in the Premier League, which we've discussed in previous weeks, compared to Kepa, um, Ereza Balaga. He's got um, three clean sheets, but it might be Mendy who might be, to be between the sticks with Chelsea. We don't know. Um, possibly Mendy. Um, um, Kevin De Bruyne, only Kevin De Bruyne fought with them, um, and Andreas Pereira have created more chances in the Premier League. For team uh, for their teammates than uh, Kieran Trippier, so Kevin De Bruyne with 45, Andreas Pereira with 34, and Kieran Trippier with 32, creating mm-hmm. chances for uh, teammates. Nice. Newcastle that we've discussed um, before are now unbeaten in 10, including the Colin Cup yesterday. Um, Chelsea have conceded more goals in the Premier League this season than Newcastle, so it's 16. Chelsea have conceded 11 to Newcastle. And Chelsea have also scored fewer goals in the Premier League um, than Newcastle. Chelsea have got 17. Newcastle have got 28 um, <laughs> there as well, which sort of evens things up a little bit, doesn't it? I did not know it was that that little that Chelsea had scored. Bro, our attack sucks. It's the worst in the top 10, let alone top six. I, I'm surprised. And I, I, I say this because I know he'll probably come good on Saturday. But Aubameyang hasn't really settled at Chelsea yet. I mean, he got the one goal, but I thought he might have got a goal against Arsenal, but he didn't, you know? Yeah. The law of the yeah, X and everything. Havertz for that, and that's the problem. Our creativity just sucks. We couldn't create a Word document, let alone an actual chance in open play. Is what it is. That's crazy. That's crazy. Trust me, you don't think I, I overrate it when I talk about how bad our attack is. They suck. <laughs> they all, everyone except Sterling and Aubameyang, Ambrosia, they suck, all of them. But this is the thing, like I think I think a lot of people think that when, when you've mentioned about Newcastle, when you talk about Chelsea, obviously that you think that people think, oh, he's kind of playing it a certain way. But that's that's genuinely I, what you can see. Not playing it down, we are bad. If if we well, win, you lot need to have some serious looks at what went wrong. Genuinely. Over the years, over the years, I don't think of Chelsea with great attackers. I mean, obviously Drogba, an absolute legend. You know, Hasselbank way back in the early 2000s. Yeah. But I mm. just don't think in recent years they've, they've tried a number of people. They've tried like Maratta and players like that. And they just don't, the, the number nine shirt seems to be a curse to Chelsea. They don't seem to get the right um, strikers. The goals seem to come from the midfield. Mm-hmm. It's just all spread round across the whole squad. Like if we want to, I know we haven't had good attacks in ages. I'm telling you, this attack's worse than all of them. This is genuinely the worst attack. It is so... It lacks any sort of cohesion. 
It literally eight touch, and the worst part is Abamyang didn't play badly. He just didn't get fed. Like Jordan everyone was saying, was terrible against his former club. Nah, if he got that one cutback and he scored, it's a different game. Yeah. But we have no creativity, no cohesion, and that's the problem. Really. That's why it's the worst of the lot. I watched that game on Saturday, the Chelsea Arsenal game, and I did not realize he only had eight touches. Jordan Tim for life, brilliant for for bringing that in, and he's put in there. Costa was a handful. Um, mm. He was when he was at you, when he was playing for your boys. But um, uh, Keith, have you got any stats to finish us off? That was it, rounded off. And Diego Costa, what a legend he was, basically. He was like the ultimate striker that used to just mess teams up and mess players' heads up, didn't he? Lewis, he was your last great striker, wasn't he, Diego Costa? Yeah, I, I will give an honourable mention to Giroud. I always loved Giroud, but he was too old. He was too old. In terms of, like, elite, Diego Costa, man. I, I wish we could even get someone close to him. That's why I've got so many stocks in Brozier right now. I see a raw Diego Costa right there if he can get a bit more of an IQ and experience up. But, yeah, we, we don't have anything like that right now. Absolutely nothing. Interesting. But, yeah, um, look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you go at this point because, look, Lewis, you spent longer than you intended to, and I really appreciate that. Um, Anytime, but- bro. And also to the guys in the comments, I can't lie. It's been, like, the nicest comment section I've ever come across. So all you, man, big up yourselves. You lot have been unbelievable tonight. Lewis, we say it every, say every week, and you know what? You're not the only one to say that from other fans of other clubs. Everyone always appreciates the comments in the chat. Our comments, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not just saying it for the sake of it. They are the best. They're the most respectful. They're the most knowledgeable. They ask good questions about uh, opposition clubs. And they're just genuine fans of football as well as, and more importantly, from Newcastle. Um, and they, more importantly, respect and, and appreciate the fact that you've taken the time to come onto our channel. To, yeah, to, they could have piled on me because I've come in with minus confidence, let alone yeah. zero confidence. But, but no, there's there's that mutual respect there, and we always have that in our channel, which we pride ourselves on. We really, really appreciate. But look, just before you go, two things I want you to do, Lewis. Tell us what your prediction the score is going to be on Saturday evening, and secondly, tell us where we can find you uh, for all of your your previews, your channel, uh, and all your information. Yeah, guys, um, Carefree Lewis G on all socials and also Chelsea Fan TV as well. We're running two separate channels, so check them both out. Um, for the Chelsea game, I'm going to say 1-0 Jorginho penalty because that's the only optimistic result I can give. And yeah, if I think logically, we're shipping at least three or four on Saturday. But guys, I, honestly, it's been such a great time on here. Um, hope to be on again soon. Big up all you guys. Keith, Pete, everyone in the comments. Big up yourselves. It's genuinely been a great time. I appreciate all you guys. Thank you, my man. Look, I'll let you go. You have a great evening. and uh, Take care, my guys. Have a good night. Love every time. Have a good one. You take care. Brilliant to have uh, Lewis on. I knew his time was limited, but he spent even longer than the intended to. But um, such a great guy. If you've not seen him when he's on our panel for 12th Man, he is. He, he really knows his stuff. Um, and as he's done for, for our preview and he's put our our channel in, in his um in his intro, 
uh, we're going to do the same as well. So Chelsea Fan TV, a massive Chelsea channel, 160 plus thousand subscribers. They are a big, big channel that he's a part of. Um, and obviously Carefree Lewis G, um, check him out. We've tagged him in, um, in in our tweets for tonight's show. So go and show your support for him as well. Um, and he'll be doing a review of the game. He goes to every game. So um, you might even see him around St. James's Park on the on Saturday evening, but he's gone. He's gone for a cheeky one nil, Jorginho. But I think deep down he's expecting a trouncing. And you know what? I'll take that all day long. I'm sure you would as well, Keith. Absolutely, it's been a long time coming, Chelsea. Uh, much like Arsenal um, over the years as well, especially under the Ashley years, a fixture I would dread to be honest. Even at St James's, um, the last. Seven out of eight fixtures, or seven of the last eight fixtures, have been Chelsea wins. Um, and Newcastle, if you think of the 90s in particular, Pete, um, in the early 2000s, Newcastle really used to give Chelsea a good game at St. James's. And the games at Stamford Bridge were quite tight. Sometimes Newcastle had come away with a point, you know, in a couple of those games as well. So, um, but over the, particularly the Ashley years, it was a dread, that fixture. We're starting to get it a bit more competitive now. We're getting closer. If you remember that game last season at Stamford Bridge, we felt hard done to coming away with a 1-0 win at the end. Yeah, yeah definitely. On I, I think it took me about three weeks to get over that, maybe even longer. I think I even went into this season still angry about that result. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't a happy man. But one thing I said to my friend who I spoke to the day or two later... Look, when's the last time that Newcastle went to Stamford Bridge and actually took it to, to Chelsea, took it to a top team? And we've seen more of that in the earlier fixtures this season against Man City and a few of the other big games, obviously, aren't we? We're seeing some of the old Newcastle that we used to know and love in the early 2000s come back, aren't we? And yeah. be competitive against teams. Uh, definitely. Uh, look, Will in the chat has put Bar, great striker for both teams, definitely. Um, and you could throw Remy in there. Did both did did well for Absolutely. both players. Went to Chelsea, sat on the bench, but every time they went on, they had made good an, moments. Made, made an inference. I remember Denver Ball getting a winner for uh, Chelsea in the FA Cup against um, United in a replay, I think, in one year in the FA Cup. It might have been the year they won it, or I certainly were winning something. Definitely right. I'm gonna I'm gonna try something out because he's been patiently waiting. Um, Nick, his camera's not working unfortunately, but I want to see if I can try and hear him to get his thoughts because we're really really keen to get Nick's thoughts from that Chelsea pod on. So I'm gonna put it on and hopefully we maybe hear him. Can you hear us, Nick? I can hear you guys. Can you hear me? Please, he can hear me. Right, we can. Yeah. We, we to can. Everyone, to, to everyone on the stream, I will just try and explain. I literally got ready for this about seven o'clock, and it <laughs> took and I it took till about eight o'clock just to get to Twitter and into Streamyard. I mean, Lewis was doing such a good job, and I was happy to take a back seat. But it's a pleasure to be on, and I'm very sorry for the technical difficulties earlier. But I, I presume you obviously you guys be going close to an hour, but you've more than done fine in my absence. No, um, no, absolutely fine. And look, it was it's an absolute pleasure to have you on, Nick. Uh, thank you for being so patient with your laptop and your lack of camera and all the rest of it. I know we've been trading messages whilst the show's been on and you've been kind of like, you know, trying to bang around and get things working. But um, look, I, I want to get your your kind of thoughts uh, on, on the game, really. I mean, just in general, because, you know, we've talked about with Lewis beforehand, 
you know, the, the change with with um, Tuchel into Potter. You know, what are your thoughts with Potter, um, at, you know, with what he's done in his role so far at Chelsea? And what do you think is going to be likely to be happening in terms of a change in tactic or personnel on Saturday um, in the build-up to the game? Right, OK. So let's go for part one of that question first on Potter. Yeah, it's been pretty interesting, Graham Potter. Obviously, I know yesterday you asked me to try and send a team in for the game, and I said predicting a Graham Potter 11 is a pretty thankless task. Um, he does keep us guessing, although with injuries at the moment, I think it's probably slightly easier to pick a settled team. As for how he's doing so far, I mean, the last couple of weeks have probably just you know brought a lot of Chelsea fans back down to earth, and the mood has, has probably soured uh, quite dramatically. There was When he came in in those first few weeks, obviously beating Milan's, twice in the space of a week there was quite a lot of good feeling and positivity and then I think getting battered at Brighton and, and losing in the manner we did to Arsenal the mood has just soured somewhat uh, which is again understandable as Chelsea you're only ever one or two games really away from from any sort of crisis at this club so yeah it's um, it's an interesting time um, we just sort of something we've got to get used to um, with Potter and, and, and just hope that he is, he is the man and only time will tell for that and yeah as for well I think the second part of how we'll set up again. I think, I think I know obviously I've this backstage before and I think the team you had on your, your graphic is I think pretty similar or same to the one I sent you. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. I think the same team I sent you guys uh, earlier. So again, I think that's probably something similar to how we line up. Obviously, I guess I said my only doubt was, you know, if Jorginho's recovered from his foot injury, we kept him out of the Carabao Cup tie. And if um, Mateo Kovacic, how fit he is, because obviously we're trying to manage him because it does seem he's got injury, you know, concerns and trying to manage him before the World Cup. Okay, interesting. So, look, I asked Lewis the same question, so I'll ask you uh, to see if there's anything different. You know, I asked Lewis, where do you, does he think you win the game? <laughs> and he was very pessimistic. He was kind of like, we're, there's nowhere kind of we're going to win the game. The, the team's playing poor. We're, we're, we're struggling all over the shop. You know, from your perspective, is there anywhere where you think that you've been watching, there's a chink of, of hope there that you could potentially win the game in one position or, or, or down one flank compared to the other? Uh, honestly, no. <laughs> it's probably a set piece or something, isn't it? <laughs> like it's it's. I don't mean to be basic, but it's, it's. I've watched having watched Chelsea again suffer similar last year, losing their wing backs. When Chelsea lose Reese James and Ben Chilwell, they are a completely different side, and they struggle going forward. Factor in that Newcastle are actually good this season. Like I think in general, this standard in Premier League this season is probably one of the worst I can remember in terms of the actual games and how good teams are. But I say in this league, there's literally there's three good teams in Manchester City, Arsenal and yourselves. And the rest, including us, Liverpool, United, Spurs, are all pretty distinctly average. Um, so, look, obviously, Aubameyang, if he starts, he can score goals. Will he get enough touches? Will he get the chances to score goals? That is another thing. Mason Mount is a talented player. Will he, will he do something? Raheem Sterling, there are goals there. He can do something. Kai Havertz if he plays. There's obviously goals and there's obviously talent in this team. But again, this is Chelsea at St. James's Park where we don't even have a good record against you guys anyway. I know we've won at St. James's Park the last two times, albeit, you know, last year you had Steve Bruce the year before it was was COVID and, and behind closed doors. So put just a massive asterisk mark by that. But I mean I've seen Chelsea teams going for the title lose at St. James's Park. So this game, you know, has always been a struggle. Um our players will just crumble in the St. James's Park atmosphere and we'll probably likely lose two or three nil. But um, 
in terms of where we can get you, there is obviously some talent in that attack. It's just a question mm-hmm. of whether they fire and they have not fired this season, really. That's going to be interesting. Like uh, Sterling, from what, for me, is the one that I'm, I, I would be worried about. But actually thinking about what he's actually done at St. James's Park, you know, we, we, uh, you know, we do tend to keep him quite quiet at St. James's Park. We do tend to defend quite well and quite deep against him. Um, so whether that would be the same again, that would be quite interesting. But look, um, Keith, I'll, I'll, I'll come to you on, on, on the Newcastle perspective because you know, we didn't get your thoughts before. Um, you know, This is the team that I've gone with and I've gone with Joe Linton instead of Murphy or Alan St. Maximin. And I give the reasons that I didn't think he looked fully fit to play and start a game uh, for Newcastle at this point. Is there anything you would disagree with with that starting eleven? And equally, where do you think Newcastle could potentially win the game against this setup of the of the Chelsea team? Well, the first question in terms of lineup, in terms of Alan say maximum, I agree with on that one. I just think it takes time to get the fitness back. He's been out for a while. Uh, he had quite a, you know, obviously the the hamstring issues and that. Coming back from that, don't really want to rush him back too much. Maybe bring him on as a sub, but I certainly wouldn't start him off. Um, I don't think we need it really. I mean, it's a we didn't expect him back before the World Cup in anyway. So, um, yeah, um, agree with that. Um, Joe Linton, Almiron, um, Willick as well. Willick getting the goal last week. I think um, it's a strong midfield there, as strong as we can get it. Mm. As strong as strong as we can get it, really. Um, I wouldn't. Just, just seeing that if I, I wouldn't put Shelby in, so I'm not. Uh, yeah, I, I think really, maybe ASM as a sub, and um, maybe Murphy as a sub. Uh, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't certainly wouldn't change that midfield. I think you've got the strongest midfield there, Botman and Shaw. You, you don't change a, a strong. Certainly, if you're not going to change an area, you're not going to change a strong defence. Yeah. No. I would um I would agree with that. It, there's not a lot that you would kind of change at this point um, because it is so strong. We've been playing so well. Um, it's it's going to be really really interesting. But for me, um, and look, Nick, I'll get your thoughts on this. I, I think we could potentially win the game here, um, Wilson against Chalaba. I don't know how well Chalaba has been playing, but he seems to be getting picked week in week out. But I just think the physicality of Wilson, the movement in and behind could be too much for him. I think Silver is an experienced player. Um, I think that would be a really, really interesting battle, but maybe the pace is too much for Silver. I don't know, but I'm, I'm just giving suggestions out here of where I think potentially Newcastle could win win the game. Um, uh, you know, what, 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 how has Chalaba been for you in, in that centre-back role? To be honest, Trevor Chalaba has probably been, by accident, Twice, probably one of the most positive stories to come out of Chelsea. Wow. Okay. Last season, you know, he, the players were players were at the Euros. They were coming back late. He got that chance in pre-season. He impressed. He played in the Super Cup, did well. But even then, there was still talk of him getting loaned out. Eventually, he didn't get loaned out. He stayed. Um, you know, he was fairly impressive in his, in his debut season for Chelsea. Started two, started both our cup finals against Liverpool. Didn't put a foot wrong in those. Scored in the Champions League against Juventus. Was trusted in some of the Champions League games. Um, and then again this season, again, it looked kind of similar. He didn't really get a look in at the start of the season. And then Wesley Fofana gets injured. He comes in and he's played every game since. And he's and he's maybe struggled a bit, you know, in recent weeks. Or, and this Chelsea team has struggled a bit more in recent weeks. But in general, Trevor Chalabar has actually probably been 
one of the fines for Chelsea and probably, I mean, not that it's a very high bar, but probably Chelsea's second best defender this season after Thiago Silva. He's a very talented lad. Um, again, I know obviously not, I don't really know how much you boys care about international football, but Trevor Chalbar is one who I think could maybe consider himself slightly unlucky not to be, get a call up for England or, you know, for the World Cup with Gareth Southgate, albeit he's not really been included in squads before and it would seem quite a rogue choice to take him to a World Cup. But I think he's certainly one who you're looking at who could potentially be uh, a future England international there. No, he's he's been impressive. And again, he's he's cost cost us, you know, nothing come through the academy. So he's been a, a very good find contributing to our success. And yeah, he's he's good. But obviously, you know, we will see, you know, we're coming up against a, a good Newcastle side aside, but we'll put us under a lot of pressure. And, you know, this Chelsea side can be got at. Very, very, this, this Chelsea side can be got at. You know, know the, the midfield is good, but it can be got at as well. And, you know, put Callum Wilson in behind. There's a good chance he'll he'll finish. Um, obviously, Miguel Almiron is uh, is I'm quite fearful of. But to be fair, I could be fearful of pretty much any of your team. Kieran Trippier banging a free kick past Mendy wouldn't surprise me at all. But um, yeah, no. Going back to your question, Trevor Chalabar has been good, and say next to Thiago Silva in the back four. Given what we've seen of Kaladu Kudabali this season, I'd say, and with a finer injured Silva, Chalabar is probably the best we can hope for right now in terms of, of a pairing for for a back four. Interesting. It's interesting you said about Chalabar and, and, and referred to, you know, the England setup because we we kind of feel the same with, with Dan Byrne. You know, we, we feel that Dan Byrne at left-back and even centre-back was quite, you know, unlucky to, to not make the, the England squad. He, he's been one of our best, he's been probably one of the best performing defenders in the Premier League since even before we signed him in, in January. Um, and we, you know, it, it's one of those that although he's not been in and around the squad, like you've mentioned, Nick, it's, a, it's one of them where actually he would have been more than deserving of getting a spot um, in, in that squad in particular. Um, so it's an interesting situation there, but it's really interesting that you said it kind of fell by chance that he ended up just coming into the team and, and doing really well. We, we, um, we had the same with Joe Linton, Keith, didn't we? Um, after, in that Norwich game last season, he got we had Clark sent off after like ten minutes. Um, we then had to rejig the team. Joe Linton ended up playing centre midfield, and the rest is history. And he started to show glimpses of that as well in the the, uh, the Man United game as well. He just grew into it more in, in the one-one at Man United, and just from there, really, wasn't it the best the best comeback story in uh, Newcastle's history? Yeah. It really is, um, because we. Uh, I remember we was talking when the takeover happened, and we thought that he was going to be one of the first out the door. We genuinely thought that was going to be the case, uh, and for the fact that he's not, and he's really turned it around, is, is amazing. Amazing to see. But um, it, interesting about the tactics and how we're, we're going to set up, um, and how Chelsea going to set up on Sunday. We always like to see and have the opposition view of how you think you're going to win the game or how potentially you're going to set up. Because for us on away days and, and those in the chat, we like to see if that comes to fruition. And nine times out of ten, there's always little pockets of things that happen in the game that we pick out from away days that actually happens that we then talk about sort of on the review. So it'll be interesting Nick, from from your perspective and ours whether those things come to um, come to fruition or not. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. But look, there's a number of questions here, and there's questions flying in. Um, but first of all, look, Yano, I don't know what you're talking about here. 
Um, he's put Nick. We have we have been hoping that Pete and Daz, another member of Loaded Mag, would adopt the voice only for ages. Where where's this disrespect coming from? Yeah, no. You're one of our mods. Come on, man. I'm not that bad. Surely I might need, need a save here and there. I'm not that bad. Um, the disrespect's flying in there, but there's some really, really good questions, to be fair, um, with regards to um, uh, the game on Sunday. Um, Tom Dixon said, question, uh, who do you think Chelsea's main threat will be um, for Newcastle? Um, and who do you think Newcastle's main threat will be for, uh, or, or main threat will be for Newcastle? So who do you think the one player is to look out for for Chelsea, Nick, and one player that you're worried about in particular for Newcastle. Right. Well, I mean, I think for Chelsea, and I think from what I gathered from, from the stats read, but Aubameyang actually has quite a decent record against Arsenal. That was what I got from the stats read, which again, be impressive uh, that for, for him. So I guess by just by that, and because I'm a real believer in players just do really do do really well against certain teams, you can just kind of bank on them to score for whatever reason. Let's let's say, let's say Aubameyang, even if he probably is realistically going to get marked out of the game and get subbed off at sixty minutes for Armando Brozier with us one or two nil down. But let's say Aubameyang. Um, as for you guys, I'm just going to say Miguel Alvaron. <laughs> like he's in my FPL side. I've, I finally bought him in the last two weeks, and he's and he's delivered the goods. So he's probably going to deliver against me as well at the weekend. I'd say Almiron. Um, I think Bruno Guimaraes. Guimaraes. Uh, you know, he's someone in that midfield can pull with strings. In, de in general, there's a lot of danger, man, in that Newcastle side. And the reality is I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, I would quite like to. I'd quite like to have your Newcastle team ahead of quite a few of our Chelsea fans, which I guess just shows how far you guys have come in the space for year with with this, with this the new ownership and all the signings you've made. But yeah, I was Almiron. And then Callum Wilson. Again, I don't know what Callum Wilson's stats are against us, but I know he scored against us for Bournemouth back in the day. Uh, so who knows? He may well. I don't know if he scored against New, uh, for Newcastle against us yet, but it's one of those where he is a striker. You know, he's a, give him a chance. There's a likelihood he'll put away, and he's also probably probably riding off uh, a bit of adrenaline buzz that he's made the World Cup squad as well. So he'll be he'll be more than up for it as well. So I've, I know you've gi I've given you more than one, but yeah, I could literally go through probably three or four of your for your your whole team. No, that's absolutely absolutely fine. Um, I'm, I'm interested in some of the players that you've mentioned. I'm not surprised by some of them, um, for sure. Um, but a, a really good question there. Um, I'm going to go back to original question that, that was asked um, to Lewis, and I'll ask you the same question. It's from JKG. Uh, G um, question for um, the Chelsea uh, obviously fan: uh, Would they rather How or Potter? Oh, this is a tricky one because uh -huh. I've. Because again, and you guys will know better than me. And admit we've not, and I wouldn't expect us to, you know, have as bad a start as you did. But you guys actually had quite a pretty slow start under Eddie Howe when he first came in last year, didn't you? You yeah. you had a slow start, and there was still quite a lot of talk in the media at the time, like, why have you you got relegated with Bournemouth? Why are you getting him to bring Newcastle up? Obviously, seeing what he's done in the space of twelve months and seeing how both sides' fortunes have flipped is is quite scary. Um, I mean. I was saying I was quite impressed with what I saw with Graham Potter at Brighton. Um, it's a tricky one. Obviously, again, I've you know there's been some bits of Potter that I've not liked, but then I've also seen him you know dominate AC Milan twice in the Champions League group stages. Uh, it's a tricky one. Um, I mean, Eddie Howe's got Newcastle third in the league, and I don't think anyone saw that at the start of the season. Um, I mean, I'm pleased for Eddie Howe because again, he was a player manager. I think after Bournemouth got relegated, that you know there's a narrative kind of thought that oh, actually maybe he's not all you know he's not all that. 
You know, I think people kind of then started to belittle that achievement he did have of keeping Bournemouth up in the Premier League for, for those seasons before that. And then seeing what he's done at Newcastle. And not only that, but I think seeing how, from what I see, the mood around Newcastle, St. James's Park, the positivity he has brought as well. I think it's quite clear that there's probably a connection between you guys and him, which I think is always important to have as a football fan. And with Graham Potter, it's still very early days, but there's not really a, a connection yet. Um, that can come in time, to be fair to him. Um, he's not the most passionate bloke on the touchline. He is, you know, a fairly maybe dull personality. But again, if he wins football matches, that's all that really matters. This is a really long answer to that question. And I'm kind of sitting on the fence. Um, I don't know what Lewis said. I'll still, you know, I'll still say... Uh, Potter just because I do think he actually, given what he was able to not only uh, Brighton, you know, change the philosophy of their their play to, to doing what they did, and he did get uh, some impressive results, and he did have Brighton playing well. So I would say Potter just, but I am, you know, very impressed with Eddie Howe, and look, hopefully, you know, there's a lot of people saying, you know, Eddie Howe getting a big job. Well, let's hope for your guys' sake, but Newcastle is that big job, and Newcastle just keep, you know, keep going and going to that to that next level, and Eddie Howe's a man to, to work his magic for you guys. Yeah, well, we certainly hope he does, and we're we're, we're fully behind him. Uh, that is for sure. Um, a different question, um, aside from the game on Saturday, I'll come to you, Keith, with this Newcastle related. Would you take City or Liverpool at home in the cup and play full strength to get rid of them? Interesting question. Probably take Liverpool. Do a win against Liverpool at St James's. Um, you think how close that match was at? Um... Anfield, yeah. Isaac with the second one, which shouldn't have been chalked off. Referee giving them um, play until you win, uh, play until you score right at the end. So, um, yeah, I've got to say Liverpool at uh, Newcastle. I still think uh, City, you know, um, on the other podcast earlier, and UFC, as Mark McDonald said, New, uh, City have got two like really strong sides that they can field and still win like the proof last night. And I tend to agree with that point. Yeah. So Liverpool at home. Yeah. And, and Nick's just put in our private chat, a really good point is that Klopp tends to play his kids in the cup games. He doesn't tend to play the full strength team. So if we were at full strength against his kids, we would, I, I, I'm not even, not even joking about this. We, I think we'd wipe the floor with them. Um, you know, Derby, Derby ended up taking them to penalties. If they played that same team, Newcastle would win. Um, I've got no doubt about it. Um, but I, I've, I've got a funny feeling that if they pulled Newcastle out at St James's, they would pull some of the first teamers in because they, I think they, I think he would know more than anything that we'd be there to turn them over. But we, 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 we owe them. We owe Liverpool after the Anfield game. Um, it's been seven years. It's been seven years ahead, Pete. 2015, 2-0, two um, them two late goals. It's been too long. We've got to beat Liverpool. Yeah. There'd be no better feeling than to destroy them. Um, that is for sure. Well, 100%. I'd love it. Absolutely love it. Um, uh, Simon's put what happened to the away days tune. Ask Daz. Daz has come up with a, a, these little special surprise little things um and one of them was uh, the new away days tune so yeah if you haven't watched it or you're late to the show um check it out that is for sure but it's interesting it's good that we're talking about um 
you know, the, the, lots of talk about the cup draw and who we could get. Like, it's just brilliant that we can actually talk about that from, from a perspective that normally we go out in the first rounds or two, um, but we're still in it. Um, Jordi Tinfalov put this question, Nick, to, to Lewis, but I'll put this question to you because we didn't get a chance to ask him. But what are your thoughts on Rory Jennings? Sometimes I think he knows his stuff. Then other th times I think he's talking out of his... Um, I won't repeat that word, but yeah, um, the the um, I don't know Rory Jennings, but do you, are you aware of him? What are your thoughts? Well, I'm, I'm quite aware of him because he put said Erling Haaland would flop. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that infamous video clip on Twitter that's got clipped on fair teams. That he said they made gas to make predictions, and he said Haaland would flop. So, um, look, I a broken clock's right twice today, isn't it? Um, no, I, I don't look, I don't know the guy. I have no, you know, real strong opinion. I know he's said some controversial things in the past. He also now, given where he's in the media, is obviously going to obviously probably try and say some controversial stuff, uh, for, for, for clicks, etc. I don't know, but I couldn't really speak to his character or what he's like. Um, I think if you're looking, and again, odd if you're a Newcastle fan, but anyway, if you are looking for, for Chelsea content creator, there's probably a lot of other good ones out there, like Lewis, who you had on who uh, you had on earlier there's other good Chelsea content creators who are perhaps less extreme less you know uh controversial less clickbait or whatever intended um but yeah sorry I can't sorry Geordie too I can't give you like a proper uh strong answer on that one but because uh, as I say I don't really know the guy but um but yeah no I respect that uh definitely uh I don't know who he is at all Keith I don't know if you know who who he is yeah, I know his stuff. He's sometimes on the kickoff with uh, True Geordie and that, you know, and he's uh, got his own channel. He's 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 a bit like Goldbridge. He's sort of broke through and he's on uh, Talk Sport as well. Like you'll sometimes do like the Friday night show. Um, uh, you know, I mean, sometimes I've heard some of his stuff and it's quite clear. And he, he's, he in the past, he spoke well about uh, Newcastle before Newcastle started becoming more of a threat. Oh, okay. Interesting, interesting. Yano put this when Lewis left. He put, right, he's gone. What do you really think? <laughs> In terms of the Newcastle scoring or what we think we're... Look, I, I do think we'll win. Uh, we'll get to predictions in a second. I do think we'll win. Um, on Saturday, I'm confident. Or, or why wouldn't we be? Because of the type of form that we're in, and you know, Lewis and Nick have <laughs> not been complimentary really to Chelsea, which kind of feeds in to our confidence. That is for sure. Um, there are a number of different points and various different questions um, that are coming out. But there's one here um, for you, Nick. It says. From Tom Dixon. Welcome, Tom, to the chat. Great to have you on. Question: Where do you think Chelsea? Um, will finish in the league this season. Yeah, I know Tom's got a couple on Chelsea and Newcastle, so I just because I've seen him in the chat, so I'll just answer both here. Uh, I think Chelsea, Chelsea, I think at the start of the season on our podcast, I said Chelsea would get top four, but I also said at the time it felt very tense at Chelsea. It felt like you know we were almost breetering. You know, we were not that far away from crisis, and crisis did happen with Thomas Tuchel going. As I said earlier, I look at the Premier League. I don't think the quality of it is that high this year. We're seventh right now. I think we could probably come realistically uh, again if third and between anywhere between third and seventh, probably. Again, mm -hmm. I know you boys are in third and going on to Tom's question, which again I might sound ludicrous to you guys. I think if you keep players fit, I genuinely think you boys could get Champions League football this season from what I've watched. If you keep players fit, because I know I don't know how many players you've got where the World Cup, but you're not playing twice a week, you've just got the Premier League games. 
yeah. deal with. And what I've seen of Newcastle, you know, you've drawn with City, you've gone to Spurs away and won, you've gone to Old Trafford and drawn. Whenever I, you've only lost one game this season, that was Liverpool in injury time. Uh, I won't bring that up because that's probably quite a painful, a painful memory for you boys. But wherever I've watched Newcastle, I'm impressed. Um, and genuinely, like given what I've seen this season, like Newcastle are certainly as good, if not better than Chelsea, United, Spurs, etc. So I think you can certainly get top four. Uh, obviously, it will just depend, you know, if injuries, I don't know what your squad depth is like. But at worst, I think you should certainly be targeting some form of European football. But given how you started, I think Champions League football is a strong possibility for you. And as for Chelsea, I'd say anywhere between fourth and seventh, which I realise is very vague uh, and, and not, you know, nailing something down. But there's, I don't think there's much difference between men, between us, United, Spurs this season. It's just ultimately which one is less worse <laughs> come the end of the season. Yeah, I, th- I think you've made a really good point. I think they're, they're genuine points. Um, uh, I, I had an article published on BBC Sport today um, with regards, I was asked the question, um, Newcastle, are Newcastle more likely to make the Champions League than Chelsea? And from um, the, the from that point, uh, my, my, my point was, is that I felt like we could finish above Chelsea, but I felt that both teams might not finish in the Champions League just because... Newcastle, although we've got a big squad, if you look at the quality of player from one team to the other, we don't have those standout players. And we haven't, we've had a little dip with Palace and Bournemouth. I don't know if we're going to have a dip again. If we don't, then I think we're well in with a chance of getting Champions League football. But equally, and I think Daz on our loaded chat made a really good point, and I 100% agree with, um, is that, you know, it's that, it's that, it's that feeling of not putting too much pressure on the team. Like we're riding a wave right now. We're, we're really enjoying things uh, with regards to Newcastle. And we're enjoying being in the position that we are where we're winning games, we're playing good football. But it seems like there's so many other factors. And I mentioned this to Daz, I said, the media are putting so much pressure on us right now. Let them do that. Which is why I put us, Newcastle, finishing maybe fifth or sixth and maybe Chelsea in and around that. Because I don't want to put pressure on Newcastle. I want Newcastle to go out and be free and, and really go out and express themselves and do what they've been doing at the beginning of the season. I don't want to put pressure on and say, right, we demand fourth in the table because we're third right now. We demand Champions League football. We're 14 games in. Like, let's just enjoy what we're doing right now. And if we're in April and we're still in with a shot of Champions League football, then it's a different conversation, you know, for me. Like Chelsea, it's a little bit different. I think there's an expectancy there because of what you've been doing over the last 20, 25 years. So there's an expectancy there. But for us, it's slightly different. Um, so I thought Daz's point on, on our loaded chat was really, really good. And I 100% agree with that. But this is why I put in the article that I think we'd finish around fifth or sixth. I don't think we'd, we'd maybe just miss out on Champions League football because nobody would have expected us to be in the position we are right now. And we're really enjoying things uh, the way it is. So that was just a little something on the back of that, and I think that fed into a little something that you the, you talked about, Nick, which I which I agree with for sure. Would you agree with that, Keith? Would you agree with it? With yeah. you have the same notion of that? Absolutely. Um, you know, it's so refreshing to sort of get to the point. I mean, I've been doing a lot of looking back in the last uh, week or so to see comparing. You'll see on remember the other day where I put in the chat about being twenty points better off than we were this at this point last season, where I think we were only just about got our first win um against Burnley one nil around about this time. 
it reminds me as well of the 2001-2002 season under Sir Bobby, where we had a couple of seasons in mid-table, um, and um, all of a sudden out of nowhere, we've got Robert, we've got Bellamy in, um, and we're launched up the table, and we're quietly going about our business, getting any, maybe the odd defeat here and there, but we kept on coming back, bouncing back, um, weren't involved in Europe, out in the intertoto early that season and um, kept on coming back really and were sort of like top three, top two, top three, Christmas and New Year and went up in the top four. Again, you know, there's nothing to say that Newcastle couldn't do the same this season, although I have to say that I am expecting teams like Liverpool to put a run together because I know they can after the World Cup. Mm. You know, there will be it's very, very early days. There's a lot of football to be played here. We kind of yeah. just expect Liverpool to be bad all season. We kind of expect Chelsea to be bad all season. The will put runs together. United yeah. as well. Are United going to, you know, there's three teams there who at least one of them will put a run together. Um, but if Newcastle, for instance, were to finish fifth or sixth, that that would be amazing. You know, uh, Considering where we were this time last year, definitely. No, I I, I agree. I said that, sorry, what I will say is, I know, I know you got you mentioned you'd expect Liverpool, us, and United to run together, and obviously I do hear that. But also, there does come a point where 13, 14 games into the season where none of those sides have actually shown any sign of doing that. So there does become a point when does it actually realise actually that might not happen again? It could be wrong. Liverpool, you know, they've made light work of. The Champions League, they've had to, to a couple of wins recently, maybe, who knows. But again, but you know, they lost at what Nottingham Forest a couple of weeks ago or whatever it is. So it does feel for you guys, and I know, I mean, I'm looking at the table now, you're what, 27 points from 14 games. Yeah. Top four on average probably gets you probably 70 odd points. And again, this is talking from someone who's had to look at, who spent far too long looking at Premier League tables and working <laughs> out calculations of points over the last four or five years. But you're probably about, You've got 24 games left. If you get another 43, 44 points, you've got 70 points. That could easily be enough for, for Champions League football. But um, I guess for you guys, it's turning those draws into to wins. Because I've just looked, you've, you've, you've six draws from 14 games. If you've got a couple of them, it's, it looks a bit different. But but yeah, no, I think you boys just dream. It's what being a football fan is. You, you don't have any expectation. Just enjoy the ride. You, you know, you probably never thought it would happen this quickly. Either you you probably you probably thought like it would get better, but you didn't think it would happen as quick as it's happened right now. So just enjoy it. I mean, honestly, I think aside from probably being an Arsenal Man City fan, being a Newcastle fan is probably the third best, third most fun team to be a supporter of right now in the Premier League. So just you know, just enjoy it. We'll just see what happens because you you know, be if you can do that, then that'll be some credit. And again, Newcastle in the Champions League, that'll be that'll be something special playing the likes of Real Madrid potentially at, at St James's. Definitely, and uh, Dad gave his, his his opinion earlier, and he said he can secretly hear the Champions League music everywhere he goes. Yeah. He, has a, he has a question for you. I've got a question for you. Would you take? I let the Champions League music play. It's like Daz is in the house. He's playing the music. He's uh, he's giving us the feels. I've got to stop that right now. He's he's giving us he's giving us too much hope. Thank you for that. Thank you for that, Daz. Appreciate it. Sorry, Keith. 
I was just I was just going to ask when you were talking there before, obviously about Newcastle, and you were saying that Chelsea could finish between third and seventh. Would you take qualification now, right? So I don't know how bad Chelsea might be if they might have a couple of bad results, but would you take seventh place if it guaranteed um, the Conference League qualification and Chelsea winning the Conference League to add another trophy to Chelsea's European trophies that they've won? See, I've said this before. If we're not going to get top four, I don't want us. I don't want it to be like a close scrap. I don't want to be stressed about it. And I don't want Europa League because we've done that. We have, you know, we say we've won it all, but then they invented this new competition and we've not had the opportunity to play in it. So, yes, if you offered me seventh and we win that, absolutely, I will take that. Add another trophy, tick that one Cause, off. Because Horsey won it last year. He was the first to win it. Now, I think Horsey got a tattoo, didn't he, for it, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. It'd be nice. It'd be nice to... To win that, obviously, we kind of just show how far we've fallen. Given last season, we were playing a Champions League quarter final at Real Madrid, being the defending champions. But yes, I mean, if if we're not to get top four, I would most certainly take the Conference League, and then with the guarantee of winning that, you know, I would absolutely take that because uh, it's another trophy. Definitely, um, yeah. Daz is at it with the uh, the old Champions League music uh, playing in the background. Uh, getting us all excited as always, but look, there's a few really good questions. One from Jamie, and he's he's asked it. It can be asked, and it's a great question. Um, question for you, Nick: Which players from Newcastle would you think would get in to the Chelsea team? Can you get that graphic up from earlier so I can just probably list the eleven or whatever? No, um, well, let's yeah, let's yeah. right, let's yeah, let's go go right, right, yeah. In current form, we'll go Nick Pope in goal. Okay. We've got Reese James injured, so yes, I'm taking Kieran Trippier in a heartbeat. All right. Uh, uh, we've got Silva and Chalabar's quite keen on, but again, Botman, again, admittedly, I can't say I've watched loads of Newcastle, but I know he was like, that was quite a. a, a you can't have you guys. Burn, 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 as good as he is, I shall leave because um, I've got to have faith in Cucurella for now. Uh, we'll leave Longstaff, uh, nothing against him, but we'll leave him. We'll take Bruno uh, Guimaraes absolutely in a heartbeat. Yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> um, Joe Willock will leave for now because I reckon you put him in our Chelsea team. We don't really need on him. Like, I'm kind of wary of getting too far forward because I feel if I touch if I touch your attackers, they'll just turn to rubbish if they join us. Uh, it's kind of a common trend. Um, again, I'm going to ask Wilson. you. We'll take we'll take Wilson. I mean, I think in Joe Linton, obviously. I think they're not quite the same, but we've got someone who works hard and, and does a lot for the team and makes a man in that position. So we'll leave him and mm. then it's Almiron or Sterling. And I guess in current format, I would say Almiron. Yeah. I, again, if you, it's asking if it's longer term, there's probably less. But in current form, I would probably take a lot of your players over us right now. Well, it, it, I mean, Almiron plays on the right, which in your formation that you've set up there, like Mount's on the right. Would you, right, of course. Would I'm you literally, have yeah. Almiron over Mount? Right, OK. Well, no. So we'll, but I would have probably in current form, I would have Almiron over Sterling. So we'll we'll see, we'll see how it it works. But yeah, no, in gen, and I guess in general, going up, that's probably a testament to the recruitment and the job Newcastle have done since game this takeover that they've assembled a squad. But I'm kind of looking, I'm thinking that's that's probably better than us. <laughs> and in the space of twelve months, you've gone from you know battling relegation to you know going for the Champions League, and you've not spent money stupidly. You've not gone for loads of marquee signings. You made some smart signings. Um, and yeah, and it's worked really well. But no, I think it's testament that Newcastle side is is strong. And I guess we'll just see, you know, for your sake, I guess how long it stays together because it, it would be quite nice for that side to to stay together for a bit. 
No, fair play. Um, Sorry, I do. I should say I do have quite a lot of love for Newcastle because one of my best mates is a, is a Newcastle fan, so I kind of know the the pain he has suffered as a Newcastle fan. So I am quite pleased to see you guys doing as well as you are. So there's actually no animosity, and I, I, I'm quite a fan of, of Newcastle. I've got a lot of, got a soft spot and a lot of love for Newcastle. So I am pleased to see him doing well, which again might seem odd from from an opposition fan to say, but you know I don't really view you as a rival. It's all it's all it's all fun and games right now. So, but yeah. No, uh, no, I appreciate that. And like I say, I, I think you know some of the players that you you've mentioned, I would agree with uh, definitely, a hundred percent. But um, it, it really, really interesting. Uh, it's always good to to hear a, an opposition fan's point of view of who they would take from the current Newcastle United squad. Um, uh, some other points in here and some other questions, but I'll I'll come over with the points. Russ said, "Happy with Madison's call up." Um, every everyone raving about how good he was against uh, against Scouse Macums against Everton. Um, look, I'm, I, I, I'll be honest with you. From a Newcastle perspective, I'm 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 gutted that he got called up, but from an England perspective, I'm buzzing that he got called up. And the reason why is because him being called up to England just adds the money on to the potential fee that we could get, whether it's in January or the summer. Because I, th- I think we'll go for him, whether it's in the January or the summer, anyway. That's just my perspective, but um, that's just from, from from me. But I want to get your points on that. But before I do that, someone's back from his Avon calls. Here he is. How are you doing, guys? You okay? Yeah, how are you doing, my man? Hi, Chris. Good, mate. All good. All good. Of course, I missed the the first part of the show, so apologies for that. Um, yeah, I had a few uh, a few juices I had to attend to. Um, but yeah, um, how is everyone? Everyone okay? All good. Nice to meet you, mate. All good. Yeah, we've got Nick. Nick's had some problems with his camera and his, um, yeah. his technical difficulties, which we know full well about, Chris. Wow, we we have ourselves every week. Too. So, um, yeah, it's great to have Nick on. But yeah, you can come into this question right now because oh. I've just put uh, the question was from Russ, one of our sponsors, happy with Madison call up. Um, everyone's raving about him. I've said it. Good thing from an England point of view, bad thing from Newcastle because it adds the, the, the monies on. Um, you know, Keith, from your perspective, what, what are your thoughts? I think there's been a lot of speculation about players coming and players joining. Um, and that I've, there's no cast guarantee that Madison's going to come. Um, so I've sort of like, I'm sort of going short term at this stage and thinking I've got my England head on. Um, and really, I'll, the stats don't lie. He's got to be in that team on form for uh, England. He gives England a better chance. He gives them another option. If he if he's meant to join Newcastle, he'll join Newcastle in the um, in the new year or next, you know, whenever he can. And it'll be fantastic when he does join. And if we've got to pay an extra little bit of money to get him in, then great. You know, I'm yeah. sure, I think we've discussed it previously, or it's been discussed on one or two of the other channels about if Newcastle could get him out of Leicester, um, because I think this Leicester still owes some money over Perez, don't they? Really, you know, yeah. so they could do they could do a bit of a they could do a bit of a deal there where you know they sort of like knock a bit of money off that, and you know, um, for, for that deal to go through, and it would be great for that to happen, but. If he comes to Newcastle, then that'll be great. But at the minute, I'm just going short term, and I'm just thinking England. You know, let's see if England can get to the quarterfinals, knockout stages with Madison and the team with and squad. We've got a better chance too. Definitely, Chris. Would you agree with that? 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I totally take your point, Pete, you know, about the fact that, you know, it could, it could potentially add the value. But then I look at it the other way as well and think it could actually it could actually decrease his value in many ways because is he going to score? Is he, is he, sorry, is he going to score? I'm saying score because I've just seen Villa have scored. That's why I said score. Um, is he going to, is he going to play? Is he going to get the minutes? And for me, I think that would decrease his value because he's been called up to the squads and if he's not getting picked, you know, Newcastle could then turn around and go, well, you know, it's not like, it's not going to add to his value, is it? And if anything, you know, they could, could turn around and be a bit like, well, you know, he wasn't good enough for England's eleven, so why are you boosting him up and saying he's this fantastic player? Because I, I don't actually think he'll get many minutes for England, if I'm honest. Yeah, uh, I think it was a reluctant call-up. It kind of reminds me of, of the Ivan Tony situation. He got called up, never really played it, so it's a reluctant call-up into the into the squad. Um, it'll be kind of um, a last-minute um, situation. But, um, yeah, uh, um, Nick's just put in the, in the private chat, a cup opening up for you boys. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. All the top boys at this yeah. moment in time, Man United 1-0 down at Old Trafford. Um, Ollie Watkins is the goal scorer. I've just seen the goal. Jesus Christ. Harry Maguire. <laughs> oh, dear. Absolutely shocking. I'm worried about England. I've got to be honest. It is a horrendous defending. Horrendous defending. Um, I Potentially, Pete. Really... I mean, uh, not to turn it into an England show. Oh, oh hang on. It's 1-1. Oh, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Hold on a second. Doesn't Gary on the point, Jordan team for life, on the button. It's all changed. Um, but still, that defending was horrific. And I do worry about that. But um, I was, Yeah, I was just going to say, Pete, what, what I found a bit worrying is England potentially, you know, starting with four at the back. And you could argue that they've got two centre-backs in Maguire and Stones, who I would assume would be the first-choice centre-backs. Stones isn't getting his game for City. And Harry Maguire's only just come back into the team. And he looks like he hasn't played for years because he's just yeah. he's just making mistakes week in, week out. So what what does that... What does that... Yeah, you know, that doesn't give us hope, does it, going forward? Because it's just a, a, a team not playing well. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But it's, it's all it's all changed. Um, Anthony Martial is just quick fire reply um, early in the second half, um, and um, he got a, got his equaliser to the frustration of us all. Uh, Doug uh, the tune put keep roll. All the stats are getting rewritten, and it gives me a chubby on. Uh, oh my god, uh, we didn't need to know that Doug for, Doug for the tune. Uh, but yeah, fair play to you. Um, for your comments <laughs> on that. But yeah, honestly, uh, if you haven't watched the show, if you're late joining us, Keith's stats were on point as always. Uh, brilliant, brilliant stats with regards to the, the Newcastle um, uh, Chelsea game at the weekend. So definitely give them a, a look in. That is for sure. Really interesting fact. Uh, I think Alan anticipated, because he, he put this out earlier, that you were going to be joining us, Chris. But you put Pete, uh, uh, Pete and Chris um, uh, after Chelsea. I don't know if you're aware, we would already have played five of the top ten as the Premier League stands now away. Away? Wow. 15 games. Wow, that is interesting. Um that's a really, really interesting stat there. And Alan's always on the bottom with these um, these kind of points that he brings in. Um, but that's an interesting one. That's great yeah. for us in the second and Also, one. Also, as well, in the new year, just, just after the World Cup, when we restart, Arsenal away, an awful fixture for Newcastle, really. Uh, 
traditionally that's an awful fixture to get that out of the way mm. and into the new year. Definitely. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, yeah, very, very interesting. That's going to be a great fixture. Can't wait for that one. Uh, we owe them one at the Emirates, that's for sure. Absolutely. Um, uh, Tom Dixon says for Nick, question, what do you prefer, staying in Europe in the Champions League or focusing in the Premier League for Chelsea? Great question from Tom. Well, this season, I'll say staying in Europe because ultimately, what's the point of qualifying for the what's what's the point of qualifying for trying to qualify for the Champions League if you're then just gonna you know take going out and then just repeat the cycle? If you're in the Champions League, you might as well try and win it. And I would rather us, I mean, not that I think it would affect us that much, but I'd rather us try and stay in Europe and focus in Premier League because we're not going for a Premier League title, uh, we're not in a title race. And after four or five years, I, I'm not really, I can't really be bothered to have the energy to care about a top four race. If we get top four, great. If we don't, we don't. We'll suffer the consequences and we've not been good enough. But give me a run in Europe. And, I mean, we'll see. We've got Dortmund in the next round of the Champions League, which is a decent draw. So we'll just see how that goes. But, yeah, I'd say staying in Europe. You you try and qualify for the Champions League so you can go on these these runs in Europe. So it doesn't really seem to me much point to to just, you know, kind of sack it off and then go go, go and Premier League and repeat the cycle uh, the following year. No, I think that's fair. I think that's absolutely fair. I think I think if we were in that position, in fact, I'll ask you the question, boys. If we were in that position of playing European football, what would you rather? Would you rather stay in Europe or focus on the Premier League? If if it was this it was this time next year, Rocky. Well, We've had it before, haven't we? We've had it before, though, in some respects, haven't we? If you remember. If if you remember when we finished fifth, the following season we didn't have a good season at all. We did, where we didn't strengthen with Anita, and we're in the Europe League. That was the only place we strengthened, but we still got the quarterfinals, um, where we were really the edge of a post. We could have been in the semis, so we had a good run in Europe that year. And there's the thing about when you're in Europe, especially if you're in Newcastle, there was only one time in 15 years that we're in Europe to this point. It's I think a cup run in Europe, uh, really. Yeah. You never know when it's going to come round next. Once you're in it, you don't know how far you're going to take. And the last major run on Newcastle won was the first cup back in '69. Yeah. Again, That's... just for you boys, just think of what Rangers did in that Europa League run last year. I know their Scottish League title hopes kind of suffered yeah. a bit, but that Europa League run was incredible to watch, even as a neutral watching that run and seeing the scenes at Ibrox as they got to a final. That's kind of what it's all about. I think that's a great point. Chris, would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, like, I can see the argument for both sides, to be honest. Um, you know, I, every everyone wants to do well in the league. And because we've had so, so many years of not doing well in the league, it'd be nice to kind of get back up there and cement our place up there. However, on the other hand, you know, to have a good cup run, um, and to, you know, get in Europe and then stay in Europe consistently. It's really important, isn't it? Certainly for revenue, even t take a take aside, you know, the, the fact that it's European football and we haven't had it for years and we, you know, home and away and every, all, all things like that. You know, you, you can't be a, a good European tie. Um, I think purely for the revenue and in terms of us building as a, as a club. Um, it's massive. The you know, European football is huge. So, yeah, I, 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 I think I think I would side with. European football, but it is nice to brag. I mean, you know, sitting here at the moment in third, we're, we're all, you know, we're all laughing, we're all absolutely loving it. Um, so to finish as high up the league as we possibly can, um, you know, is the main aim. But 
equally I do see I do see why you know the focus should be on Europe. I do I do understand why. No, that's that's that, I think that's fair enough. I think that's a fair point. Um, yeah, I, I'd be the same. I think I'd um, is what's already been said. I think I'd I'd want to focus on Europe um, because it allows you the opportunity to get into Europe again. Yeah. Um, if you're in that position, and look, we, we've had it on the twelfth man with Lawless. Uh, Lawless keeps banging on about the fact that he. They've still got the best chance of getting Europe because they're in the Europa Conference and they can win it and they can get back into Europe again. And they keep banging on about it, but they keep getting knocked out of cup games and they keep losing Premier League games. But he keeps banging on about it and fair play to him because he's put they've put themselves in the position to be in that position in order to to be considered um, uh, from a West Ham point of view um, a, a viable option in Europe. But um, yeah, uh, one player that's not been talked about, Nick, and I'll come to you with this one and um, we'll put um chelsea fan in the chat welcome tonight will but how much do chelsea miss conte now lewis mentioned early on in the show that he was kind of like you know conte just needs to leave get him out he's an injury prone he's you know he needs to finish his career elsewhere from your perspective do you share the same view do you just want Conte gone or because I still remember Conte is this all action mixed midfielder, this ball breaker, breaks up the play, fantastic, you know, uh, midfielder. Is that what you see him as as a Chelsea player or is that mindset changed? To answer Will's question, how much do Chelsea miss Conte? A fully fit N'Golo Kante, yes, Chelsea miss, but a fully fit N'Golo Kante is not something Chelsea have had for a long time now. So I kind of am thinking, how much do we actually really miss the guy? He's, in terms of his importance to that Chelsea midfield, it's probably de- it's probably lessened over time. Obviously, he didn't, you know, he didn't start the FA Cup final last year, if I'm correct. I think it was Kovacic and Jorginho and Kante maybe came on 60-man mark. N'Golo, a fully fit N'Golo Kante. For N'Golo Kante, we saw at his peak of his powers in that Champions League run 2021, of course, Chelsea would miss. Any team in the world would miss. He is not that same player, unfortunately. He has had injury after injury. Chelsea have managed him pretty horrendously, rushing him back time and time again. And we face the consequences of poor mismanagement. I think it's best, like it probably is with a lot of these Chelsea, with some of these Chelsea players, to move on. And it's not because N'Golo Kante is not good enough. It's because he's just not available enough. And there's no point having someone around who is probably not available enough. Realistically, probably at the end of the season, it is probably best he passed away. It's a great shame because I think Angola Kante is probably one of the best central midfielders I've ever seen play for Chelsea. He has been ridiculously good. And if you look at all the success Chelsea had, he has been at the heart of that Premier League title win, Champions League run. He has been absolutely incredible. But he's been here a long time now. This Chelsea squad in general probably needs a refresh. There's maybe players who have stayed here a bit too long anyway. Kante's not one of those, but it's one of those what's the point of keeping a player around who's not fit. As I said, he got he got injured in our second game of the season and we're not going to see him till, what, February, March at the earliest next, you know, in the new year. And then we've lost a large chunk of the season. Again, we'll probably have to manage him after that. How much will he play? A brilliant midfielder. One of the best midfielders, I think, the Premier League's ever seen one of the best midfielders Chelsea have ever had. But time has caught up to him and it's unfortunate. It's just the way it is. I think, yeah, N'Golo Kante has been a miss in some ways, but Chelsea being where they are is not down to having no N'Golo Kante because they've not had much of N'Golo Kante for the last few years in general, really. 
I think that's fair enough. Uh, it, it, would you share those opinions with Conte, uh, Chris? That have you what they've seen enough of him to see uh, maybe a, a bit of a decline? Uh, obviously, with the injuries that he suffered, or do you still see the player that he was at Leicester and Chelsea when he first signed? I think that makes a great point. And obviously, Nick Nick watches Chelsea week in week out, so he'd yeah. he'd be far more qualified than me to say. But I think. Um, if, if fully fit in Golo Kante, yeah, and it, it, Nick's right, any any club in the world would miss him. But, it, it, you know, we don't see him all that often, do we? Like, I, I still sometimes, you know, think to myself, like, I can't remember the last time N'Golo Kante was playing three, four, five, six games in a row. Now Nick's spoken about it um, because he has he has been a very bit part player. I remember um, Thomas Tuchel saying at one point, you know, when he when uh, N'Golo Kante was out that they really missed him and stuff like that. And, yeah. I think it, because of what makes it more difficult for him as well, because he's all action, he's, he's you know, he's box to box, he's he's all over the pitch. And people often refer to him as like the 12th man, don't they? If you lose that, you know, all um, all energy play from him, then obviously, you know, it's not really the same player, is it? That's, that's what brought... That's what brought Leicester to the successes they had, purely for the way he was playing. That's why he got the big move to Chelsea. And then, you know... And, and, he made a good start at Chelsea, from what I remember. Um, back oh, it's too long, Villa, Chris. by the way. Back to back yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. Villa have just scored, by the way. Um, well, they're all so... coming in. Villa 2 1 up. Wow. Um, Ashley Young crossed into the. Oh, my God. Ashley Young crossed into the box. And who was it at the back post? There's somebody at the back post. Dallow wasn't even following him. Oh, Dallow's put, put it in his own net. Oh, oh. Um, so, so Lisa Mo, um one of our one of our top mods. You, you your your prediction could be on is that everything's falling into place. You are, you could be absolutely right. Maybe I don't think Man United will hit back so quickly. Can can Liverpool draw Man City in the next round? That there would be imagine. Wow. We said this on the loaded chat last night. If 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 there was like a um, a Man United Liverpool, and then to be fair, I said Arsenal, and I didn't re- re- even realise they'd been knocked out at, at that point. But if we had like a, a Man City Liverpool, and then there was like um, I can't remember who else is in there. It was like a Leicester, um, and who else was there that's in the club? A Leicester or a Man United? I said at that point, but potentially a Villa, you take all those teams out, you look at the teams that are left, we wouldn't fear any of them, to be fair. Is it fair to say, Pete? I mean, great point you made there. Like, I know, I know, I can see why you've said it, but I know, like, you know, we'd say, oh, you know, man, you Liverpool will be a dream draw. I think I'd rather play Liverpool than most of the other teams. Yeah. Because they're just, they're everywhere. Maybe not Man City. I wouldn't, (laughs) don't get me wrong, I don't want Man City, but Liverpool and Co. I think I'd rather play a Liverpool. I don't know what I don't know what uh, Nick thinks, but I think I'd rather play Liverpool at the minute than most teams because one, they'll play a weaker side because they've got to solely focus on Europe and solely focus on the league. And secondly, even if they do play a reasonably strong side, they're not playing well, so I, I, I wouldn't have anything to fear about them. I'd sooner play them than play a team. You know who's got nothing to lose and really throws everything into the game. Yeah, I will also say I think literally for Carabao next round of the Carabao draw is literally right after the World Cup as well. So yeah. Liverpool would be yeah. without most of their big guns anyway. But Klopp doesn't take that competition seriously. As said, they scraped past Derby last night on penalties. He'll play probably you know a bunch of kids and maybe Oxlade Chamberlain and, and some other player that, that's somehow still there. 
Um, but, you know, you'd fancy your boys, obviously, if you, you know, put out a relatively strong side. And again, obviously, I don't know how many players you've got away at World Cup, but I'd think, you know, just avoid avoid Manchester City and you've got as good a chance of anyone left in that competition, really. And obviously, then it just depends on, I guess, who you get, how many players they've got away. But yeah, you've got, as I said, that draw is really opening up for you, boys. Absolutely. really is. Uh, and uh, like I say, we're, we're not even talking about the fact that ASM's not fit yet. We've got Isaac coming back after the World Cup. Yeah. We've got the January window to improve players, bring players in from Europe. Um, and we've got the money to spend. Like There is a great opportunity there for us to really kick on in this cup, depending on the draw, which will be later on tonight. And <laughs> don't mind us, I'd ask, are we doing a watch-along for the draw? No, we, we've we've gone on for, for quite a while now. Um, I don't think I can do another four-hour show like I did uh, about a year ago. <laughs> um, I mean, we could, but I, I don't think I, I don't think it'd be viable. Um, certainly not for me, um, but yeah, the, the draw will be coming through. I think um, I think it'd probably be best that we we watch it separately. Um, but yeah, no, I appreciate that dot by design. Um, look, before we get to predictions, there's just some other little comments that I want to bring up. Um, Simon's not happy with the with the 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 the, the, um, the intro. Um, he wants the old tune back, and Daz has um, agreed and, and, and agree with that. I'll find a new tune before the next away day, so um, keep an eye out on that um, for, for our, our new tune. Um, Gary asked the question, is that right, Fred, uh, of Manure is in the Brazil squad? He is in the Brazil squad, but on top of that, he actually starts ahead of Bruno Gomes, which blows my mind. Um, it is down to the fact that the manager and Fred have um, previous in terms of the club that they, I think they used to play for, Fred used to play for before. Um, it, it's crazy that Bruno's going to the World Cup, but still not guaranteed to start. It, 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 it baffles me. Fred has been absolutely shocking again tonight. Awful. Um, but yet he still gets in and starts on a regular basis ahead of Bruno Gomez. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, and then adding to that point, how the head, how the hell has, um, has, has he got picked ahead of J7, Joe Linton? Mind boggling. Um, I agree with you, Gary. Um, you know, Joe Linton should have been in the squad. And I do fully believe that he'll be in the squad after the World Cup. I think they'll look to move him forward and be part of the uh, of the future of Brazil. Um, there's a question here from Yano. Um, how different would last season have been if Van der Beek had agreed to come on loan? He's absolutely dumb. And you know what? It's a fantastic question. Um, Nick, I want to get your opinions on Van der Beek as well, actually. Uh, but, but Chris, we'll, I'll come to you first. Um, Keith, I'll come to you as well. Van der Beek, um, how different would it have been if he'd have come on loan. Oh, 2-2. Two, two. We'll go Manchester to penalties. Scored. We'll go wow. to penalties. Yeah, we've got uh, 24 minutes left to play and Rashford to score. Very sloppy from Villa. Don't know whether it was Tyrone Mings that fell on his ass, but somebody did. And then Rashford just came in and... Uh, was it Tyrone Mings? It, lo it looks from this angle like it's Tyrone Mings. Hang on. Um, yeah, he's on sides. That would be ruled off. Oh, Tyrone Mings. Just watch Tyrone Mings there, Peter. I don't know if you're watching it. Uh, yeah, I'm watching. Oh, I'm no. Behind. I'm slightly behind, but, oh, but look, it's Tyra Mings. What do we expect? We, we said this two weeks So ago. bad. He's shocking. He's this shocking. Game is, this game is really bad. Oh, 
yeah, it's just yeah. Um, yeah. To answer the Van der Beek question, I think I think Yana makes a great point, and you know, it, now if we were to, you know, if we were offered Van der Beek now, we'd probably laugh and go, no, no thanks. Um, but for me, if I'm being, you know, if I'm, I'm trying to be fair, um, it's very hard to judge because I think Van der Beek playing under an Eddie Howe mm-hmm. would be a different Van der Beek playing now under the likes of um, Ten Hag, and then before that Lampard. I think he'd be a different player. Um, you know, obviously he did very well at Ajax, and you know, who knows if he, if he works hard and he's got the right attitudes, Eddie Al could have got a tune out of him. I don't know, but Yano's you know making a good point. Like I think I think if we got offered him now, we'd say thanks, but no thanks. Um, but yeah, it, it's difficult difficult to answer is what I'm saying. I'm probably um, I'm probably being well, I'm trying to be fair and impartial, but that that's my honest answer on that one. Keith, what do you think? You think, I mean, there's a couple of points, uh, things I'd like to say, but um, you think of some of the players that will link Newcastle in the January window, you know, uh, Deli Alley, um, Dinia, um, and Van der Beek, not miss them, didn't miss any of them at all. You know, the fact they didn't end up in the town and look at how they've done at their prospective clubs. In fact, yesterday I listened a little bit, one of the Everton shows just after the, the 4 1 drubbing last night at uh, Bournemouth just to see what they were saying and uh, they weren't very complimentary about Van der Beek at all when, um, you know, the short spell he was at Everton, really. Um, and I'm inclined to agree. Is he one of these players that is really good in an Ajax team in the Dutch league and comes to the Premier League and doesn't really get the physicality and doesn't really time him because he has been at United for a while now. He was at Everton, maybe not the best situation at Everton or the best club to be at, but he's been at two clubs now and he's not really pro- he's not really you know making the progression over really so I wouldn't take him no he doesn't improve Newcastle's side as far as I'm concerned and you've got to think who he's playing alongside as well I mean you know no disrespect but if you've got Van der Beek next to Fred or you've got Van der Beek next to Tom Davis God forbid it's like you know it it, it would be far easier for him wouldn't it playing alongside the likes of um, Joe Linton and Bruno far easier um, so I do, I do have sympathy for them there as well. I think I just look at his Ajax career and just think, well, you know, Man United didn't sign him for all that money unless there was a player there. I just struggle, I struggle to just think he's absolute dog shit, as Yano says. Well, he's been brilliant, playing dog well, shit. A brilliant Can't side, wasn't it, Chris? That was a brilliant side, wasn't it? The Ajax time, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, in the yeah. last stage of the Champions League. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you think of some of the players that have went on, you know, to Barcelona and that from there. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. What was it? Yeah. Uh, Frankie de Jong. Frankie um, de Jong, yeah. Frankie de Jong. Delict. Delict. Yeah, Delict. Tadic. Nick, your opinions on Van der Beek? Yeah, firstly, Daz in the comments, no, I've not gone to bed. I'm still here. <laughs> it's, <laughs> so hard to, it's so hard to know. It's so hard to know because we haven't got the camera. Uh, yeah, um, but uh, on Van der Beek, oh, look, trust me, it's a trust fund. I know firsthand about signing a player from that Ajax 18-9 team and then 19 team and then quite, not quite living up to, to the hype we got. Um, it's one of those, you, going to United never made sense. They didn't need him in that team. Right. That signing made yeah. no sense anyway. The confidence kind of got wrecked. You then threw him into a situation at Everton, an Everton side battling relegation, which is literally just about results and nothing else really mattered. Again, that was a bad environment for him to be in. And then uh, since then, he's not really had uh, the opportunities. It, it's a tough one. He was a player who he's rated, you know, did well at Ajax. But again, like Chris said, is he just one of those Ajax, you know, a team suited well for him? We saw Hakim Ziyech 
looked magnificent in that Ajax team. I saw him firsthand tear Chelsea to shreds in that 4-4 game at Stamford Bridge, and I was obsessed with him, and I was like, get me this man, please. And it's been two and a half, two and a bit seasons, and I'm fed up with the bloke, and hopefully he's off in, in January, and he's just been one of the most underwhelming players I can remember. So it's one of those where I think ultimately with that Ajax team just kind of did very well at a at that time, but also I think we do have to hold something against them. They, you know, threw away a three nil lead on aggregate to, to Spurs of all teams. So I don't think you can necessarily take them take them that seriously. But no, that that team was good. But no, I guess for you guys, I don't know whereabouts he would have fitted for Newcastle. But yeah, you certainly did, didn't miss out. You certainly, you know, nothing to worry about not getting him because you know you've gone from strength for strength. And I guess was it, I don't know was it a question of between him and Bruno? I don't know. But if it was, then you certainly could, did did well getting Bruno over him. Absolutely. It may have not been a question of those two because, well, certainly we, we got the better deal on that. Uh, that is for sure. Uh, I don't think there's, there's a question of, of who's better between the two players. Um, but Donny van der Beek, you know, he, he's, he's under the manager that, that helped create him and he's still not performing, which tells you everything you need to know um, about the player, in my opinion. But well, we're, we're coming towards the end and I want to get your predictions on the show, we've got 120 in the chat. Um, we've had more than that over the course of the show. And thank you for tuning in and, and, and being a part of the show and getting your questions in. Some fantastic questions and contributions for both Lewis and Nick um, during the show. Um, if you haven't already, click that like button, that thumbs up button. It means the world to us. Um, just click the button. It only takes a second. Um, but it helps us raise the profile of the channel. We've already had another 10 subscribers today. So thank you for that um, and subscribing to the show. And of course, we'll do a little um, Chrissy Hall. Uh, thank you for <laughs> your likes and comments. Um, as always, we really, really appreciate it. And uh, we echo everything that Louis said before he left the channel. The, the chat is by far the best um, out there. Um, for any uh, any channel that I've certainly been on um, uh, and been a part of, you guys really do make the, the Away Day show. We really, really do appreciate everything you do in terms of your questions and your contributions. So, yeah, um, come and join the Lonely family. That is for sure. Um, right, um, moving towards um, predictions. But just before that, uh, Yano had an opinion. said, seriously, think we can win the league. Interesting. Um, uh, saying uh, he's been saying it since the start of the season. We have limited World Cup involvement, no European football commitments. Just need to avoid shit bags in the transfer window. And I think the shit bags refers to a certain player that, that plays for Leicester. In his opinion, that he doesn't want at the club, which is James Madison. Russ agrees with him. Uh, by the way, in the chat, they don't want Madison at the club. They don't want to sign Madison. I know there's a lot of fans, including myself, that feel differently. I want to get your thoughts on this, um, Nick. You know, Yano's come up with a big statement there about he feels that we could potentially win the league uh, without our World Cup and European involvement uh, and potential signings in the January. Do you think there's a chance or do you think that's maybe one step too far? Well, I mean, I've said I think you get Champions League football, so isn't that outrageous to say you could win the league? Look, what I would say is Erling Haaland does not have the World Cup, and that almost feels unfair that he just gets a month off and just gets to rest. And he could probably just go in some cryo chamber, just put him on, put him on ice, etc., just for a month, and then he just comes back and gets to run a bully tired defenses. That doesn't quite seem fair, and I do kind of look at it, and I think City 
and Arsenal probably right now are still just that bit too strong. And Arsenal obviously have gone out the Carabao Cup. They've got the Europa League, which they they obviously came top. They don't have that knockout playoff round. They don't really have to take that competition too seriously till later. Uh, I mean, why not? I would say, though, I think, you know, top four is, you know, where is certainly cheap. I think the league is maybe out of the stretch. And I guess as for his James Madison opinion, James Madison is probably my favourite player outside of the traditional top six. So, I mean, admittedly, I don't know how he necessarily fits into your Newcastle side. You know your team better than me. But if there's a role there for him, I think he he's a brilliant player. And I think he's got, you know, I think there was that sky graph the other week, some of the, you know, most assists or goals, whatever, you know, by a British player or whatever, in, you know, behind where that very impressive number of goals and assists since the start of last season or this season or whatever. So, no, he's a, he is a very, very good player. And I'm sure he would strengthen a lot of teams. Interesting. Uh, very interesting from the from a Chelsea perspective. Um, Keith, I'll come to you. Um, do you think Yano's comments are um, a bit, a little bit wild? Jordy Tinfoil, I think so. He's put Yano stop drinking. Um, uh, yes. in, in his opinions, would you agree with that, or actually, do you do you think that Yano's comments are, are are viable? Do you think we we have the opportunity to push some of those top teams because of the fact? of no World or minimal World Cup involvement and no European involvement. I go back to what Alan Thompson was saying earlier in the chat. Um, you know, Newcastle have got a good, another good opportunity that's in Newcastle's favour for a really good season as that they've played pretty much nearly all the top six away from home. Um, so really there's like Arsenal to get out of the way. I think Chelsea will be to come later in the season, but um, there's a really good chance. I take on the views as well in terms of no European involvement. After this World Cup, there's going to be a fixture pile-up, isn't there? You know, you're going to get the likes of United having to play, what, two, three games of, games a week, most weeks. So, yes. there's definitely a chance there. Um, but, but I think, really, the Leicester season, if we use the Leicester season as an example, so many teams were off form that year. Man City were off form. That was awful. I think Leicester won their 3 1, didn't they? Um, yeah. And Arsenal were really, they fell away. They were up there with Leicester and then they fell away after the sort of January, after they sort of played each other and that. So at the minute, um, I mean, top three would be outstanding, wouldn't it? If they just stayed in that top three, top four, that would be amazing. There's time yet. We're going to strengthen from there, aren't we? Really, we're going to get stronger than we are. We're only two transfer windows in. To this project so there's time to think about the league later on i think and you know holland i just do not see him you know i can't see the city team without holland not winning the league i think uh he's gonna he's just smashing it and i think give it a year or two when he gets bored that's when oh, newcastle no. come in oh dear oh dear I think it's Man United that have scored to make well, it. It certainly clean. is. That's oh. a Villa keeper. Well, oh. yeah, here's a question, lads. Are, are you becoming Villa converts or something? Is Villa your second team? Can you not remember a sub on the time here? Well, I'm not happy about it. What, what, we're, what we're doing cheering on Villa here? <laughs> I'm not happy about it. I've got to be honest. Is it Dubravka? Is it Dubravka because he's in between the sticks tonight? Well, well I'll be honest with you. I'll be, uh, I'll be honest with you. I want both teams out. I yeah. want them both out of the cup. Yeah. But if I was to choose one, I'd choose Man United because I genuinely think we can beat Man United. Um, 
I think we can beat Villa, but I think we could beat Man United um, at 110%. So, yeah, um, I'm a bit annoyed by that. Do you know what, Pete? I was just about to say, I, I think, I didn't think I'd say this, but I think I would rather Man U go through tonight because I think yeah. Villa under Emery, you know, they, they, couldn't, well, they, can only, they can only improve based on where they've been. Um, and I think with Man United as well, because, I don't know, I, I feel like they won't see the Carabao Cup as a major trophy for them. So it mm. wouldn't surprise me if they were to play a weaker side. Whereas Aston Villa, you know, Aston Villa will want will want to stay in this competition. So I think I think I think Man United going through would be a good thing. Like like if we drew Man United at home tonight at half ten, whenever the draw is, would everyone be happy? I'd be happy. I would. Because I, I think I think we I think we take them all day. Yeah. I want MK Dons, Chris. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Or Derby, yeah, definitely. But look, uh, let, let, let's let's wrap wrap this up, um, uh, wrap up the show because it's been a really really good show. Great points from Lewis in the beginning. Really really appreciate Nick fighting through the elements with regards to technology to be on the show tonight. Um, it, it's um, it's been brilliant to to hear your perspective on on various things. Look, um, I'm going to come to predictions. Okay, Pete. Just before Pred- you do, I was just okay, going to say. Um, just before you do, just to I'm going to stick up for my mate Yano here because Yano Yano's getting Yano's getting a lot of grief in the chat here, you know, over like the winning the league and all stuff like that. And I I I I think it's a good chance. Do I think we will win it? Probably not. But you know, when you look at the when you look at the league table, you've got um, the top three: Arsenal, Man City, Newcastle. Uh, we've got the joint best defensive record. Mm-hmm. All three of us have only lost one game. Yeah. So you you can see why we're in that conversation. And if we carry on playing the way we're playing, uh, you know, like we even last night we played against Palace, weaker side, managed to you know get through the tie. But from what I heard, I didn't watch the game because I couldn't, I couldn't buy the stream. That one chance. Yeah, yeah. I just, Isn't I just it? think, I just think, you know, there's, a, there's no reason why we can't. And really, you can understand why people are saying this because based on what we've been seeing week in, week out, you know, four goals here, five goals there, four goals here, three goals there. We're, we're looking we're looking really really good it's whether or not we can maintain it we probably can't but i can see why Yano's saying it yeah. that's it then chris isn't it league and cup double now isn't it you've got oh, it now, yeah yeah <laughs> oh we're gonna be held to that that is for sure but look chris i'm gonna to come to you with your prediction um at half seven uh on saturday evening what do you think the score is going to be newcastle versus chelsea under the lights at st james's park yeah, well, that last part you just mentioned there, Pete, I think that's key to the tie. Um, yeah. Chelsea on the back of a couple of tough results. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I'm going to say 2-1. I think we'll win 2-1. I think it'll be a tight game. But I think I think we'll, um, to, to use a Padre expression, I think we'll get it over the line. I think we'll just, we'll, we'll scrape past. Um, and I think, I think it'll be 2-1, but it'll be tight. But yeah, I, th- I think we'll win. Mm, interesting. Um, very interesting. Keith, I'm going to come to you next. Again, what do you think the score's going to be come half seven Saturday evening? Under the lights at St. James's Park evening game. I think this is going to be a fervent atmosphere. It could be similar to the Arsenal game at the end of the last season. With yeah. war flags and everything, remember that atmosphere and remember the mosaics and everything in the crowd and what and was the created, the noise. 
it could be the same just before you know yep. this end to a mini part of the season the midway point of the season it could be a right cracker of a game uh, that being said i think it's going to be quite tight you know certainly there's been a lot of common sense from the chelsea fans tonight um from lewis and from nick it could be a set piece either way that wins it it could be you know or a penalty that wins it um but I'm going with the fact that, you know, my head is saying 1-1, one, one, but I, I'm, I might be leading with my heart here because it's been a long time since a win against Chelsea. I think this could be a 1-0 to Newcastle just before the World Cup. <laughs> off the fence again. Off, off the fence. Right, Nick, you won't know this, but Keith, in his predictions, is always on the fence. It's always a draw or a pessimistic result away from Newcastle. In the last few weeks, he's been off the fence. And to be fair, he's actually been on point. So, uh, a really interesting take from Keith. And, and look, we love off the fence, Keith. Um, we need to get that hashtag. Hey, hey, it doesn't, hey get it on a T-shirt. But, you know, we've got a World Cup. <laughs> We've got now to lose. We're in third place. We're top four for Christmas. Yeah. Go for Simon, Simon in the chat. Top sponsor, Mod. Off the fence, Keith. Let's get the shirt made. I'll buy one. Yeah. I'm telling you now. I'll yeah, buy absolutely. one. Off the fence, absolutely. Keith. Yeah. Let's get it done. Let's a get it done. Picture of a fence. Keith's face. Tuxedo. Done. Let's get there it you done. Go. There you go. I'm buying it. I'm buying yeah. it. Yeah. I'm wrapping it with the way days. Let's get it done. Simon, <laughs> you know what to do. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Nick, um, last but not least, um, from a Chelsea perspective, you know, Lewis earlier on said he felt like in a Chelsea perspective, it could be a, jo a Jorginho penalty, uh, a 1-0 potential win. He did also think that it could be, you know, a Newcastle two or three nil uh, from a Newcastle perspective. What are your thoughts with regards to um, the game on Saturday? What What do you think your the result will be? Well, I'm just going to say, whatever happens, it can't be any worse than losing in the 96th minute to an Isaac Hayden header like we did a few years ago. That is <laughs> that is probably be worse. That is probably one of the worst defeats that I can remember because. And that was so the last dominant. time Newcastle won, and it was the last time they won under night lights in an evening game as well. Yeah, that we were we were pretty dominant. Or we didn't do much with it, and then we conceded a set piece in injury time in the last minute. So nothing can be worse than that. Um, honestly, I've got even trying to be optimistic. I can't see a win. Optimistically, I'd say we we could get a one-one draw. Um, but honestly, I could see this being a two-nil or three-one Newcastle win. On like the way Newcastle are. This was one of those games where I'm just never confident for Newcastle away. As I said earlier, we don't have a great record, despite the fact it has been a little while since we beat you. But we don't we don't do do great away in Newcastle. So I've got I've got to say a two 0 or three one Newcastle win. To be honest, Jesus, wow. I, okay. I think I think you're Nick. I've got to be honest. I think you're the the first opposition fan. That is that bad? Is that really like the no, best no, 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 I'm just no, no, no. lost. It's your it's your opinion. Oh, I think you're the first fan though that hasn't gone their their own way. I mean, we, we had Mike on last week that was a Southampton fan that that even though they've gone through their their worst right. period, yeah. he still had Southampton to win. Right, <laughs> yeah. To quote uh, MJ from No Way Home, expect disappointment and you can never really be disappointed. It, it's a decent mantra to have and it's Newcastle away. I don't expect anything 
to be brutally honest, whatever happens at 7.30, whether at 7.30, Sadie, I will be celebrating because I don't have to watch Chelsea play for over a month. So, so whatever happens, I'll be in a good mood. <laughs> That is true. That is true. Look, there's lots of predictions coming through. Um, lots of appreciation for 007, 00 Stato, Keith. Um, let's get that shirt printed. It only makes sense. Um, look, as well as that, um, Chris, there's a number of uh, tagged um, or starred comments. I'll just I'll just throw them up really quickly. Oh, yeah, go for it, mate. Doug the tune, 2-1 two, to yeah. the tune. Bobby... Um, 2-1 win, reminiscent of the Arsenal win in May. Interesting. Tom Dixon goes 1-0. Uh, and then he's he's altered it and gone 1-0 Almiron. Um, uh, you, we've got Jordy Team for Life. <laughs> Tim's <laughs> is on a repeat 1-1. One, one. Uh, Would I is gone for 2-0. Um Jordy Team for Life's gone for a key special, but it's not a key special. Not anymore. Um, interesting one there. Three, uh, sorry, what uh, one one? Um, Russ has gone for a three one. Um, uh, from a from a Newcastle point of view, uh, we also have um, uh, two coin has put add the VAR points, and, and we might officially unofficially win it. Um, there were some interesting ones there that one or two I've put in there. Um, Daz has put. If this game goes to Penos, we might uh, we might be here at eleven o'clock. You might be here, Daz. I'm definitely not going to be here at eleven o'clock. And it looks like at this point in time, it's not going to be um, going to Penos. Eighty-seven minutes. It's three-two. Although there's been a gasp there, and I'm hoping it's not a goal. But, we'll, but we'll Tomlin nearly made it four-two. He just did the crossbar. Okay, interesting. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Gary's gone for four-nil. Um, yeah, Jordan Flash gone for one, uh, one-one. Um, yeah, Maguire has been dreadful. Uh, Daz has gone 1 1, 1 1 win for the two. Uh, quick, quick question, please. Say, say, say that prediction was right. Say it was 4 0. Say we beat Chelsea 4 0. Um, would Yano's question be be as absurd if we were if we were beating the likes of Chelsea 4 0? Would then people start going, Pussy, yeah, we could we could win the league? I think the question starts to be talked about more. Yeah. And I, I'm yeah. sure we delve into it uh, as a loaded channel in the in the in the World Cup break. I think we we would look into that a little bit more. It would be more talked about that we, it's a viable. Look, 30 points after 15 games. Who would have thought that? For me, if we get 30 points after 15 games, that's halfway to Europe in yeah. any competition, in yeah, my opinion. So that takes us halfway there. So You're averaging two points a game, aren't you? We, we cannot then at that point not talk about Europe. We have to talk about Europe at that point. So, so, so I, I, I completely understand um, what you're saying there, one hundred and ten percent. But look, um, just oh, before two, oh, four two, four two, and it was McTominay. <laughs> For God's sake, Chris, why did you say it? Why did you say it? <laughs> Jesus yeah. Um, what I want to say is. If you haven't already, and we put this earlier on in the show, go to this GoFundMe um, site. Um, check the details here in the chat. Um, this is Simon's um, check out the Hats for Homeless organised 
um, by Simon Rudd. A fantastic cause to support all those that might be suffering or struggling over the winter months. Um, Simon has done a lot of work, an incredible amount of work to put this together to support and help. So if you can go to the GoFundMe um, uh, site and donate as much as you possibly can, anything, no matter how big or small, it means the world. So please, please support Simon um, in his push for the GoFundMe chat. The hats for the homeless, um, it, like I say, it makes a massive difference to those that are suffering over the winter months. So I had to plug that out again. Make sure that you go to that if you haven't already and support uh, Simon and all the fantastic work that he does um, with, with the channel, but also with um, Shy Burns and the hats for help homeless. So thank you very much, Simon, for your contributions from that perspective. And of course, we have to say thank you to the sponsors. Simon at www.shyburns.com. Make sure you go out and go into the website and check out the fantastic gear that is available um, from Simon. Please, please remember um, it's Mental Health Awareness Month this month, um, the month of November. So it's the perfect opportunity to recognise all the work that, that, that's been done across the country with regards to mental health. Show your support. Um, mental health it's not a secret it's not a dirty secret um, it's there to be supported and you know send the message to your friends check in on people that you wouldn't normally check in on it makes a difference just sending that message could potentially save a life and could potentially make a difference to someone's day um, so it makes a huge difference within that um, lots and lots of gear and tops available that supporting mental health and everything that's available with that. Um, and of course, um, we uh, show support from a Simon's website with regards to away days. And I'm wearing the shirt right now, the Brazilian uh, Bruno Gamera shirt that supports all things um, shy burns. And there is a new set of gear available, the hoodies, the hats, the, the the top hats as well, uh, which is fantastic. And the bobble hats, um, that bobble hat looks absolutely class, by the way. It does, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I was just thinking yeah, definitely going to get involved in that for sure. So the new range is available um, from Shyburns to so get involved in, in all things Shyburns for the winter. Pins and prints, of course, fantastic pins and prints. Massive, massive support. So thank you for, thank, for everything that you do for the Loaded Mag NUFC channel. Machine House, Machine House and their gear, um, their new gear is up and available. You can see some of the gear right there um, and some of their classic gear, their vintage gear that's been around for a while. Um, absolutely top, top stuff. Support Marty and, and the website and, and get your gear from Machine House. And of course, Dean, um, massive thanks to Dean, the Geordie Rise, for all your support uh, with the channel. Um, you can see Uggie supporting and, and showing off the gear um, in the pictures. Get your um, Geordie Rise gear from here. Um, we are massive, massive supporters of the website, of course, and the Radiator Shed. We've got Russ in the house tonight. Thank you for your, your contributions as a new sponsor already. We've got uh, Keith back in the jailhouse again, along with Nick, but Nick, we can't see Nick, uh, in the jailhouse. Uh, thank you for all your support with that. And of course, we have um, the Radiator Shed Northeast based company um, uh, across most of the regions in the UK. 
um, building associations with Age UK, um, delivering direct, including um, price to mainland UK. Uh, they, um, they provide top quality materials made from plate steel, providing longevity. All designs are manufactured in Italy. Uh, aluminium rads are very environmentally friendly and perfect for heat source pumps. They offer a home survey service and will install if required. And there are various different types of rads that are available. So please get involved and show your support for that. We are so close to 5K, um, nearly at 250 um, uh, away from 5K. So show your support. If you've not already, um, click that subscribe button. Please do. We are looking for that 5K to push further forward. And if you're not a member, click on, and you have to do it through a laptop, not a phone, click that blue button, $1.99 a month, show your support and join the Loaded family as a member. Um, a prize draw will be coming very, very soon, and it will definitely be in the works. So show your support from that perspective um, as well. And of course, thank you everyone in the chat tonight for your support with all things Away Days. We really, really do appreciate it. It means the absolute world to us that you are taking the time to support away days and looking at the preview game um, uh, for the weekend. Nick, thank you so, so much. I've said it three times tonight, but I really do mean it. Your technical issues meant that you've not been able to be on from a camera point of view, but your contributions have been massively, massively appreciated along with Lewis's. So thank you for taking the time for joining us tonight. Uh, cheers for having me on guys honestly it's been an absolute pleasure this has been i don't i do a few away preview shows uh, on their various platforms especially but this has probably been the most fun i've had doing one in, in a long long time all a bunch of great guys the chat as well was great and look i know lee said love to hear you getting reverse fixture i'm sort of inviting myself on here again but if you would <laughs> like me on feel free drop a message and hopefully next time the camera will be working because it's been an absolute pleasure going on with you guys and i said anyone in the chat make sure you subscribe to them really really enjoyed the show tonight guys it's been really good fun and yeah all the best for, for the rest of the season nick an absolute pleasure to have you on and, and look we are very open and welcoming uh channel as is loaded mag nufc it's been a pleasure to have you on of course you're more than welcome to come back on for the return fixture and we'll look we'll be in touch and um, we'll be plugging your channel um that um, Chelsea pod um, in you know in the next day or two with, with all the promotion that we put out there. So please, you know, um, you know, feel free to like and, and retweet anything that we put out with regards to that. We'll definitely be in touch. Um, best of luck for the season after Saturday. Yep. I'm sure you guys will be absolutely fine. Um, and but we'll definitely get you back on um, camera and all um, moving forward. Um, Keith. As a stat man, you are the very, very best. There's no one better than you. And your stats tonight prove it. And it's great to have you part of the part of the channel and a part of the show. Thank you always for your support. And Blaze, uh, the Brandy and Blaze trio managed to uh, the duo, should I say, managed to manage to connect again for a short period. Great to have you on as always. Uh, top man. Uh, and uh, I'm sure we'll be back talking more things in Newcastle United over the week. Come. the chat has to get the special mention you guys make this show you really really do lewis said it before um nick said it again really really appreciate all your support you are such a great chat the questions the respect the knowledge 
makes the away day show what it is. So thank you very, very much for all of your um, all of your support from that perspective. And of course, before we go, we do love playing away. Thank you very much. Um, pray, pray, fingers crossed for three points. And look, I don't normally come out with this, but let's go out with it anyhow. Your love.